Two peas on a pod, it's a podcast about movies and other stuff. Two peas on a pod, brought to you live from two Mississippi movie buffs. Two peas on a pod, exploring films so you can get all the details. Two peas on a pod, here come your hosts, Jason and Dale. another two peas on a pod podcast today we're going to be talking about the time machine the original from 1960 as well as the remake from 2002 and i'm jason here as always with dale and uh yeah we're talking about some movies uh, what's going on man you, you, have you seen anything good lately uh, i've seen both good and bad stuff lately <laughs> um you know, I was telling you, I guess it was last week, I found all those movies for like a quarter each. Yeah. So I snagged a bunch. Oh, so I yeah. I going through those. Um, yeah, uh, shit. I've watched, uh, like earlier today, I watched Wall Street for the first time. I'd never seen it. Oh, that's cool. And uh, I really liked it. I really did. It's something that I know I'll watch again. Yeah. Um. But uh, I'm really, my only problem with it is, you know, spoiler alert here, even though I know the movie's like, you know, coming up on 30 years old, you know, being 30 years old. But uh, the way it ends kind of abruptly. Uh, Have you seen it? Yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. I I don't uh, remember exactly what you're talking about. Well, it's Charlie Sheen walking out the court steps to go to trial. Mm-hmm. I wish they had had the trial. I wanted to see Michael Douglas screaming at him while he cries for like half an hour and then it just ends. Uh, because there is a scene of them doing that, which is funny to me. I was just going to say, because I know you saw Wolf of Wall Street first, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did. Did you kind of see some similarities there? Or did you did it feel similar to you at all? It did. Uh, Wall Street feels like the the light version of Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Even though you know it came beforehand, but because uh, I was I was actually kind of surprised that they did not have like coke parties and stuff in Wall Street. I mean, you you see him using it, but this I mean, he's not like sucking it out of hookers' assholes and stuff like that. Yeah, which I think is really needed. I really do. But uh, I think every movie needs that. Yeah, just start with that. Have Tom <laughs> Sizemore doing it in every single movie. That's how he begins everything. <laughs> He's like smoking crystal meth out of a hooker's ass. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just see his eyes just rolling in his head. Uh, but. Uh, that was good, though. It was a really good movie. Um, see what else I watch. I watched, uh, I mean, I've watched stuff I didn't care for either. Um, I started to watch something called Prince of the City with Tree Williams. Mm-hmm. Um, it was supposed to be really good, but 
the reason I didn't watch it is because I noticed that it's runtime that's over four hours. It's like an epic cop drama. Wow. So I'll go back and watch that later. I'm glad I found both discs. Because uh, when I first picked it up, I just had the second disc, and I looked down and find the first one later. Um, Is the movie on two discs? Yes. Good God. It's DVD, so, yeah. Uh, let's see some shit that I've watched. Uh, I watched uh, The Spirit last night. And mm-hmm. uh, just, I mean, I guess well, it's a testament okay. to how great it was. It's, I don't remember much of it already. Uh, you remember what I told you about it? What? What, Sam Jackson? Or what? I told you it was a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I've heard that from several people. And uh, it's it's really not not good at all. Uh, it, I mean, the look is great, but, you know, I saw the look in Sin City. <laughs> so, I think that, uh, that that goes to show you how much Frank Miller had in directing uh, Sin City right there. Yeah. Zero. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he, he can make a, a great-looking film. Yeah. But, I mean, it, that, that's not all that it takes to make a movie, you know, so... I don't know. I mean, I picked it up for a quarter, so I'm fine with that. Uh, I won't watch that one again. Um, I rewatched uh, Bronson, which I hadn't seen in a few years. The, uh, oh, what's his name? The fella in that one. Oh, Bane. Tom Hardy. Yeah. Yeah, I love Bronson. I think it's a great movie. <sighs> I do, too. I do, too. It's It's kind of disturbing in a lot of different parts. I, the only problem I had with it was at the end, because you sympathize with him through the entire movie, and then at the end, he shits on that. Uh, so that that was the only, I guess it's so you didn't totally sympathize with this man who's brutal, you know, he doesn't come across as evil by any means. He just comes across as disturbed. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I, I do love, though, when he gets that, that librarian in his cell with him and takes mm-hmm. him hostage and has him, like, move up his butt cheeks and back. Uh, and and oh, yeah, yeah. British British slurs are so funny to me. I oh, love yeah. hearing that shit on Wanker and crap like that. We, we have nothing on that. Oh, no, I totally agree. The Scottish are even better. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the word cunt is funny enough, but when they say it, it, it's like art. (laughs) So, uh, I don't know, I love the movie. I really do. I think it's great. And Tom Hardy, man, he's, uh, I think that was the first time I've seen him in a movie since Star Trek Nemesis, personally. Really? So, I could not believe that, the transformation he made. He was in Star know, Trek he, Nemesis? Yeah. Who did he play in that? He is, uh, he's, uh, I think it's Nemesis, the one where they had the Picard clone. And okay. he's that clone. 
<laughs> and he's wiry. He's like a weasley-looking dude. And even in uh, Band of Brothers, he has a small role in Band of Brothers. He's yeah. the same way. But I mean, he's like totally turned around. It's almost like he stopped and and just uh, beefed the fuck out into a monster. He really did, but... But he's a really short dude, and short guys can do that. I mean, you know, if they have the right uh, body style, it's it's really mm-hmm. easy for them to pack on the pounds like that. Because oh. he's really short. He's like 5'6". Did you know that? Oh, I didn't know that. He may be shorter huh. than that. He, he's really short. Well, they do a good job hiding it in these movies. Yeah, they do. I, 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 I would have never known it either. <clears throat> like, that's why oh. a lot of people were pissed off that he was playing Bang because he was so short. Well, I thought he did fine. Yeah. Um, I'll have to get into I that. I like his band. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, now, I'm suddenly reminded of the one other thing that caught my attention in uh, Bronson. And, uh, okay, you know Eastern Promises, that whole uh, Turkish bath fight scene with yeah. uh, Vigo Morganson's yeah. uh, swung. Oh, yeah. everywhere, you know, it's all over the place. Yeah. It's not like it's all one crime. But uh, Tom Hardy, in that in that same scene when he's, like, moving himself up. Yeah. Um, uh, and you see his, and it is, right. it is awful because he's uncircumcised. Right. Let's get <laughs> so into that, like, yeah. yeah, it looks like uh, the nose, like the elephant nose of, like, some Muppet or some shit. It looks awful. And, uh, you can't help but look at it. It's just like, they, it looks like, what are those things called, man? It looks like one of those uh, those fucking things, those uh, snacks you can get at Bugles. It looks like a bugle hanging off of its nutsack. It looks like a manatee. Oh, well, yeah, that too. It, no, I know what you're saying. Awful. But, uh... Yeah, it's... <laughs> I was watching something tonight that was talking about that. Oh, it was uh, Kroll Show, the the series finale of Kroll Show. The guy was getting circumcised. Oh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's it, it's bizarre, man. I don't... Uh, we need to start a sister podcast called, uh, you know, just the, you know, the intricate... Uh, you know, we'll specialize in uh, Tom Hardy's penis. Yeah, no, let's do that. We'll just go into detail on that every episode. But, uh... Yeah. Yeah, we'll have spoke- a uh, disclaimer at the beginning of every episode, just saying we're not gay. At all. <laughs> this is a totally heterosexual uh, discussion of another man's penis. <laughs> but uh, as far as the Eastern Promises, I'm actually, like, I think that was a really good scene. Because I'm not, like, you know, you know, in a legitimate movie, you know, there's a time and place. But I think when you're going to show nudity, it needs to be for a reason, you know. Yeah, and I think that 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 bathhouse scene was was really well done because I mean it was just raw, you know. Oh, I mean he has <sighs> nothing. He has absolutely nothing. He's he's literally naked against these people who are trying to kill him. And, and uh, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was just. I don't know the word I'm looking for, but it was just you know unrelenting. It wasn't like he was just doing some, you know, serious martial arts the whole time. It was just really you know, brutal and, you know, realistic, I think, of how you would yeah. be in a position like that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I, 
Yeah, I, I thought the whole movie was well done. Uh, that and History of Violence. Oh, yeah. yeah I love both of those movies to death. Um, but back to Bronson, wasn't that directed by Nicholas Winding Refn? I don't know, man. All I have is a disc. I don't have the case. Let me go pull it Sorry, up. No, I really don't know. I think that's a uh, a Danish director who did the, the Pusher series. Pusher 1, 2, and 3. And he also did Drive. You probably heard of Drive. Oh, yeah, I've seen Drive. Um, let's see. Yeah, yeah. Nicholas Winding Refn was uh, the director of that. But, yeah, I'd highly recommend the Pusher films to people that haven't seen them. They're, uh, you know, obviously in, uh, you know, in a different language, but if you could put up with subtitles, I think it's it, it's worth it. Let's see. I'm trying to go through everything from watch. I'll have to look at the, uh, that, too. Um, um, let's see what else here. Oh, um. Yeah, like I said, I've watched a ton of stuff. If you want to mention something, go ahead. Yeah, I wanted to mention to you in particular that uh, I was watching the, the series uh, Black Mirror. I don't know if you've heard of it before. It's a UK series. No, I haven't. I haven't yeah. heard of it. You would really enjoy it, I think. It's kind of like an anthology-type show in, mm-hmm. in, in that each each episode is not connected to the others, you know? But mm-hmm. it's really, really interesting, man. Like the very first episode when it when it starts, the uh the Prime Minister of uh, Britain, his daughter has been kidnapped and the terms of it, you know, in order for them not to kill her is he has to have live, unsimulated sex with a pig. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy that. <laughs> He jumps on it, doesn't he? He just like he's like, okay, all right. Well, I don't want to get into what actually happens, but yeah, it's it's really good. I watched uh, I watched three or four episodes last night, and and I got to say, I'm hooked. It's a great show. It's it really goes a lot of different directions. It's kind of like uh, horror, sci-fi, fantasy. It's all different types of stuff in there, and it's it's really well done. It's, uh, is it I don't know all if, written by one person, or is it like just different ideas? Yeah, I'm not sure. Each episode. Uh, it's uh, it's it's a pretty popular show, though. I'm not sure if it's still on or not. Yeah, it's still going. It started in 2011, and I think there's three seasons on Netflix right now. Damn, and what's it called again? Black Mirror. Okay, I have to look that up when I go yeah. home. Yeah, you would enjoy it, man. It's 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 good stuff. You know, good good um, stuff just to throw on, and you don't have to be invested for a very long period of time. And that's like kind of yeah. like my favorite thing because you know sometimes you don't have an hour and a half, two hours to put into a movie. You know, yeah. So it's 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 good to have something that's a you know solid forty five minutes or whatever, and it's a you know good story. Oh, definitely. I want to check that out. Um, yeah, big recommendation on that one. Well, that's one thing I want to mention for people to check out because uh, it's something that Amazon put on there. Anybody who has Amazon, like Amazon Prime, uh, it's uh, The Man in the High Castle. And okay. They only have done the, the pilot episode, which is pretty long. It's like movie length, I think. 
Um, and I think they just do the pilot just to see, you know, how people, you know, respond to it. And, and uh-huh. I think I heard that they did go ahead and, and, and okay a season of it. But it's based on a uh, book by Philip K. Dick, you know, the oh, guy cool. who did, you know, Blade uh, Runner yeah, yeah. and all that, um, about an alternate history where Germany and Japan won World War II and America is split between the two of them with, you know, the East Coast is Nazi and the West Coast is uh, Japanese Empire. And the middle is a buffer zone between the two. And they're having a Cold War. Uh, it takes place in the 60s. So they're having a Cold War, just like, you know, we did with the Soviet Union. Right. And it's it's really cool. I love that kind of stuff. I really do. You know, they're going into how history played differently. Uh, but it also goes into the fact that there's, like, video out there of our real history. This is where the fantasy element comes in that, that they're trying to suppress, particularly the Nazis. Um, because the Cold War is on the verge of becoming hot between those two. Uh, but it's beautiful images. It's, it, it, it's really cool, and I want to see it played out because I love the story. I love alternate history anyway. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, you know, I think it'd be cool for people to at least check it out just to see if they like it, because, you know, if they like it, then if Amazon sees that people are watching it, they'll they'll keep it up, you know? Sure, sure. But, uh, yeah, you can check that out on there. I'm not sure if you can check it out for free uh, without Amazon Prime. I'm, I'm honestly not sure. But I, I, would, I would imagine not. I, I'm not thinking so either, but maybe they're trying to get it out there. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that's the only reason I say that. Uh, but yeah, it's pretty neat though. I watched it uh, a few weeks ago. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll but, check it out. Uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. I got these these movies I've been watching. Let's see. Let me go through these. <laughs> I got the spare done there. Um, you know, I watched Horrible Bosses again. Oh yeah. Uh, I actually like Horrible Bosses. Uh, it, I don't know why, because I can't stand the Hangover movies. Yeah. Uh, and this seems so similar, but I guess it's because I actually like, you know, I like Charlie Day. Oh, yeah. You know, and I like uh, Jason uh, Bateman. Yeah. And, of course, you know, he had, uh, what is it, uh, Kevin Spacey. Oh, yeah. Uh, gorgeous Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And, and absolutely disgusting Colin Farrell. He was really <laughs> redeemed himself to me. I really like him when he does stuff like that. His bullseye in that Daredevil movie is the <laughs> only reason I can stand that movie. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I like it. I, I need to see the second one. And honestly, with all the nasty shit Jennifer Aniston keeps saying to Charlie, and his name is Dale. Yeah, in the, in the movie, it makes oh, it a lot God. easier for me. Oh God! I just close yeah. my eyes. That's, you know, that's, I just I just tear myself up. That's messed up. <laughs> but uh, doesn't he have like a bald wig on and stuff, Colin Farrell? Yes, he, he has like a bald, bald With a comb cap. over. Yeah, yeah. Like a shit ass comb over. He's so disgusting in it. Have you seen the sequel? No, no, not yet. I, I, I'd like to see it, but I haven't. I haven't either. 
I don't know, man. Horrible Bosses was kind of like, uh, I think I caught that one in the theater, and I, I, I bought it on Blu-ray too, but uh, I don't know. It's kind of one that I that I want to like more than I actually do, just because I like the cast so much. Mm-hmm. Not uh, not uh, Jason Sudeikis so much, but, you know, I like everybody else in there. I don't, he's just there to me. He, he rubs me the wrong way, man. He's gotten really successful and I don't understand why because he's not really that funny to me. Um, but, you know, of course, you know, Jason Bateman and, you know, Charlie Day, they're both hilarious. And Kevin Spacey is like the ultimate asshole in there. I, I love him as an actor. I really do like him a lot. He's, I've never seen him phone in a performance that I just didn't like him in. Even the life of David Gale, which is Oh yeah. man! In your yeah. face, anti-capital punishment. I mean, it's it's yeah. ridiculous how how much it's like that. He was good at it. Um, I've forgotten about that one. That's a that's a really good movie. Uh, that and, uh, pay it forward. Oh yeah. Um, well, he's uh, great. And uh, have you have you caught uh, House of Cards at all? No, I haven't. That's something I really need to watch. Oh, dude, you would love that show. That's that's uh, what I keep reading. That it's it's really good. I've only seen the first season, and I need to catch up. I think the third season is either coming soon or never to be out. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a great show. Um, but uh, yeah, back to horrible bosses. Like, out of those three main characters, I like two out of three. And Jason Sudeikis doesn't piss me off. He's just he's just a void. Yeah, yeah. But with, like, uh, The Hangover, like, I like Bradley Cooper just fine. I've got yeah. no problem with Ed Helm. I think he was really good in The Office. I've got yeah. no issue with him. I cannot stand Zach Galifianakis, so. I can't either. I think that's what kills me, uh, or kills the movie for me. And that Asian dude who runs around being Asian everywhere, I mean, he's just like, yeah. he's just, like, trying to be funny for everybody. It's just too much for me. I don't. I don't know. I just didn't like the hangover much at all. And you know uh, that guy's a doctor, right? Really? Yeah. Wow. He's like a he's practicing. <laughs> or at least he was. He may be falling back on his you know, Hollywood career now, but Yeah. I'm wondering which one he gets more money out of. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. Kim Kim John Eel, is that his name? Yeah, Kim John Gill, that's him. Okay. That's <laughs> uh, So he he's a doctor, a Hollywood star and the leader of North Korea. Well yeah, it's a hard you know, it's a hard but the dead leader of North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a hard it's a hard thing to balance all of that together, you know. Yeah. Well that's pretty admirable. Being dead and uh, practicing doctor um but uh yeah i watched uh this movie hitch i I may have already talked about this on the last one hitchcock oh no you talked to me about it i think oh okay well it's that that movie where anthony hopkins plays hitchcock it's all about the making of psycho yeah that's a really good movie especially with uh ed gein being kind of his uh his muse through the whole thing, which is really interesting. I liked it a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, and, yeah, speaking of serial killers, I watched uh, Dear Mr. Gacy. 
uh, William Forsyth as Gerald yeah. Casey. That gets kind of tough to watch at times. I do have to yeah. say it's a step above. I don't think it's a bad movie at all. Um, it's better than those those movies like Dahmer and BTK and everything where they all try to sensationalize something. Yet yeah. they can always show so much because a lot of this stuff, this stuff happened fairly recently. Um, so like, like I've seen Dahmer, and Dahmer was a piece of shit. Starring uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, sorry, Hawkeye fucking, you know, gay dudes innards. Yeah, yeah. Um, I That's just, a meme waiting to happen right there. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. I'm surprised it's hasn't yet. But uh, <laughs> it's it's a good movie though. Uh, Foresight is excellent, as he always is. Um, which I could connect him to another one I watched. I've been watching quite a bit actually. It's career opportunities. Oh yeah. Uh, I know why you're watching that one so much. Yeah, well, yeah, I can't help that. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. And no, I don't feel like a perv because she's like right at twenty when she did that. Of course, <laughs> at that time I was like ten. Yeah, so, well, okay. Yeah, yeah, she looks the same, dude. Jennifer Connelly is one of the most beautiful women I've ever yeah. seen. Uh, and I think I discussed it with you. She's not the kind of woman I. Even though when she's on that damn horse on the movie, I can't help but yeah. look at everything else. <laughs> when she's not doing that, it's her face. She has a face. Yeah. That, that she has a distracting face. When you yeah. put it that way. Even though she's, you know, her body is beautiful. But anyway, it's a great movie though. William Forth, Forsyth is in that. Has had a cameo in that, and uh, so is John Candy. So uh, I like it. And see. I guess that's one of uh, John Hughes' lesser films. I guess it's considered that. Kind of like Dutch's. Yeah. Is. yeah. I like Dutch a lot, too. Let's see. Uh, yeah, Kevin Spacey. Got LA Confidential, which I'd never seen until a few nights ago. Oh, really? Yeah, what'd you think of that one? I loved it. Excellent cast. And, uh, man, it's a great freaking movie. Yeah. Uh, seeing DeVito get tortured. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course, we, we see that every episode of It's Always Sunny. Right. He so, does it to uh, himself. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but no, it's, a, it's an excellent movie, man. I mean, just a stellar cast. Uh, and I love that. I love that, uh, you know, the history in there, you know, with uh, Mickey Cohen, you know, who came in right after Bugsy Siegel was killed. Oh, in yeah. L.A., uh, well, that was Vegas, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, Mickey Cohen came in and took over all that. Um, it's, uh, it was a, uh, uh, all that time period, and you usually see, like, you know, a glossed over, uh, idealized look of it, but this was a lot more gritty. Mm-hmm. Uh, although the scene with uh, the girl who was strapped to the bed being raped, Right, even though you didn't see the rape in the movie, that's just uh, that. Of course, that's shit that gets my blood boiling. But uh, right. Guy Pierce was excellent in it. Let's see what else? Uh, Russell Crowe was in there too, wasn't he? Yes, he was. He was really good at it. And it's funny because they pretty much just let him be himself because he was beating yeah. the shit out of everybody. He was like <laughs> raging the entire time. It's like he would like. 
you could tell when they just had a camera running and, you know, no one, Russell Crowe was going to come by and, and he would just like bust in the door and punch Guy Pierce in the face. It was nothing. I mean, it was like no, no interchange of dialogue. It was just, he would just punch people in the face. And they, it's like they built a movie around him doing that. Um, but yeah, they're all really good, man. I can't say anything bad about anybody's acting in that. Um, yeah. Let's see. Uh, what uh, Another one I watched for the first time, which is odd, is uh, Stripes. Oh, yeah. I'd never seen the whole thing. You know, I'd seen bits and pieces on TV. <laughs> yeah. And uh, that's got Sean Young in it, which she's also in Wall Street. Um, right. And uh, it's, I enjoyed it. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's pretty good. It's a pretty good early 80s thing, because I'm coming into it without any of that nostalgia that right. a lot of people our age have for it. Sure, sure, yeah. That's, um, I think that's, I don't know. I watched it. Oh, fuck, man, I don't know, maybe late 90s, and I, yeah. I didn't really get a lot of the humor in it. I need to go back and watch it again with a, you know, fresh, on a fresh viewing. Um, but mm-hmm. I didn't particularly enjoy it when I saw it then, but, you know, I, I may have a different feeling about it now. Because, <clears throat> you know, everybody rants and raves about it being so great, and, you know, I just didn't really see it. But... <sighs> to Probably. me, it's almost like... It's almost like uh, the testing ground in some way. I mean, it's a precursor. I think it's the movie they made right before Ghostbusters because it's Ivan Reitman directing and, of course, Harold Ramis and Bill Murray. Right. Uh, So it's, uh, you know, and it's got, what, John Candy in it. Uh, It's got other people from, uh, shit, what was the group John Candy was part of? Oh, the yeah, from, yeah, yeah, it had him and, uh, oh, God, two other people from that were in there. Uh, That's in uh, cameos. Uh, not Rick Moranis. Uh, no. Um, shit, I'm drawing a blank, man. Um, I know you're talking about her. I, I know the guys you're talking about. I can't think of their names right off. Yeah, I, I can't either. But, um, uh, um I mean, it was good. Uh, it was longer than I thought it would be, man. It's almost like, I think it's nearly two and a half hours. Is it really? Wow. At least this, this extended cut that I have. I think it's, let's see what it is called. It's, uh, yeah, Stripes Extended Cut. Uh, yeah, man, I'm going to have to borrow some of these from you when, when you come into town. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah it's, like I said, I stocked up on this stuff. You've, you've like, hit the mother load. Uh, yeah, I had to go to four different ones to get all this, but it was worth <laughs> it. Uh, that's that's the thing that I cannot believe what they did with this company when they got these these were old Blockbuster DVDs. Yeah. One store, like okay, you know that Che movie that came out a few years ago with uh, Benicio del Toro. Uh huh. One store had part one. I had to go <laughs> twenty miles down the road to get part two. <laughs> and I don't know why they did that. It was the same with that Prince in the City. Yeah. Because uh, I, I looked through there, and they have, like, 
like they had the Battle of Algiers, the Criterion. I was like, fuck yes. Then I realized it's just a special feature. It even has oh, a movie. Yeah. I haven't been able to find a movie. So I mean, I'm seeing like supplementaries to a ton of stuff with no movie. And I know people aren't just buying a movie. It's because they're not even getting it. It's really stupid how they uh, how they disperse it. But I think I've done pretty well considering. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you picked up a lot of stuff that I'm surprised was still there. Like a lot of mainstream stuff. I mean, some of the more obscure stuff I can understand because, you know, the average, you know, movie-going public or, you know, the average watching public probably wouldn't even know what the hell that is. But, yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I expected to find because I've, I've watched all the wall stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's what I usually watch. But then I was seeing all this come around, you know, stuff that people do like. And uh, I was really surprised, quite happily surprised, though. So that's why I was picking it all up. Um, yeah. But, uh, like, you know, I found I found that Strangers in Paradise. Uh, that's one of them I found for a quarter. Um and a couple of Hammer movies that are out of print here, like The Lost Continent. Um, but uh, let's see another one I watched. Uh, another one, I guess, from around that same time is Stripes. I guess a year yeah. before was uh, Used Cars. And oh, I yeah. talked with you about it. Uh, I preferred Used Cars. I thought it was a lot funnier. Yeah. Uh, got Gary Graham in there, uh, better known as Bud the Chud. Uh, but uh, I liked it. I love Kurt Russell. But he's another yeah. person that uh, I can watch him in pretty much anything. Uh, that's why I'm looking forward to that new Tarantino movie. Uh, yeah. That he played. <clears throat> well, um, I mean, Kurt, Kurt Russell is a guy that can play any kind of role you want him to. He's so funny, but I mean, I mean he's a comedic actor, but He's a great action star, too, you know? Well, yeah. I, I think it's because he wanted to branch out from that Disney crap that, that made him famous. Oh, you know, yeah. You go from uh, the computer wore tennis shoes to the thing. Uh, yeah. yeah. And, you, and you do well making that leap. Yeah, he's... Uh, I mean, he may have had to really try hard at it, but he, he succeeded, and that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Um, let's see, there's, there's three more here. Uh, let's see. Uh, the I'll tell you what, let me, why don't you let me drop what? one in real quick? Just to uh, break it up a little bit. Um, yeah, go ahead. Have, you, ahead, have you ever heard of a film called Back to Back? Also Back known as Back. American Yakuza 2, Back to Back? No. Well, here in the U.S. it was, it was called awesome. Back to Back, but I think... Uh, worldwide, it was called American Yakuza 2, back-to-back. And it stars uh, Michael Rooker and uh, Daniel Harris. And it's uh, oh, okay. 1996. It's, it's really a movie I never hear anybody talk about. And I watched it again recently. I, I saw it uh, way back when, probably like early 2000s for the first time, just you know, on a whim on HBO one night, and uh, it's a really good movie. I'd recommend it to everybody. It's a solid action flick. Um, 
uh, just an easy to watch film. Um, Daniel Harris is uh, maybe 17, 16, 17 years old in it. So. Huh. That's cool. Yeah, it's not something. I've, I think you may have mentioned it to me not too long ago. Yeah, no, yeah. I I mean, it's you know when you didn't see uh, Michael Rooker doing a whole lot. You know he was doing stuff like this. Hmm. That's a really good flick. I mean, it's you know you definitely you know enjoy it for what it is. You know. Cool. Where'd you where'd you find that? Uh, I just got it through Amazon. I mean, through uh, uh, Netflix. Oh, okay. It looks like it's. Uh, never mind. Currently unavailable on uh, on Amazon right now. Hmm. You can watch the trailer on there though. <laughs> okay. Well. Um. Yeah, I guess Michael Rooker started getting big around. I guess it would have been after Slither. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't until recently, really. Yeah. Until, I guess, Walking Dead that he became a household name. Yeah. You know, unfortunately. Well, I, he, I, I like the guy. I mean, even though freaking Henry is something I, I can never watch again. He was really yeah. good at it. Uh, hey, what's really funny is he actually is in, um, shit, I think it's Out for Justice. That's a gold movie. Uh, he may He's, be. Uh, he is. He is. Because I noticed oh, him in okay. that. He's something I, you can't, you can't mistake him for anyone else. He's a, he's uh, at a bar and it's a goal, like, beat the shit out of everybody in the bar. Uh, <laughs> that was 80. Oh, Out for Justice is 91. So, uh, Henry was 89, I think. That was one of his first roles, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was it that late? I didn't realize it was that late. I thought it was. I may be wrong. Let's see. Where's Uh, 86? 86, yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. The guy who was with him, I guess the guy who played Otis was uh, the guy in the Night of the Living Dead remake from 1990. Okay. The guy was in the cellar. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, the movie's very well done. It's very atmospheric, but damn, that scene where they, like, you know, they're still in the camcorder and they record themselves attacking uh-huh. that uh, mother and her son, that's, that's yeah. just too hard for me to watch. I can't watch that shit. Yeah, it's a rough work. It is. That's a, it really is. That's another video nasty, like I was telling you about. Dude, I can see why. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, real quick, uh, talk about those video nasties. Uh, they were real bad about uh, nunchucks. They didn't like nunchucks for some reason. What? Uh, I, I'm not sure why, but... You know, they changed the name of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to the Teenage Mutant uh, Hero Turtles. I guess you probably knew about that. No, I had no idea, man. Well, they thought Ninja was too violent. Oh, Um, my God. This is in Britain? Yeah, yeah. And I I was looking it up today, actually. I wanted to know what Michelangelo had if it wasn't nunchucks. 
Um, but I, I I could never find an answer. But like just pizza, like pizza cutters, like any movie that had nunchucks in it was like immediately like cut to shit. Like I, I mean, knives and shit are totally okay. Like full fucking five foot katanas, you know that's a, you know that's okay. I don't know, I don't get it, but <laughs> uh, that's somebody who has like some sort of mental issue who's getting yeah. in a position of power. That's that stupid. was exactly that was somebody with too much power is what it was. But yeah, uh, I still want you, watch those. I want you to oh, watch yeah. those. I want you to watch those documentaries. You would really enjoy definitely. them. Well, yeah, is it all about, uh, it, uh, obviously it's about censorship, but is it just about the censorship, I guess, in the 70s and 80s into the 90s? Yeah, it, it goes through the 90s. When it, it actually, okay. when that guy, I, I forget his name right off, but he actually is forced to quit because he, uh, <laughs> it, it's kind of weird, man. He was like, his big thing was violence. Like he was, he was kind of okay with the nudity and the sexuality, but he was, like, he was trying to push a lot of uh, like hardcore pornography. He was saying that you know that's okay, but you know the stuff with the violence in it is is bad. So once he really came out big on that, he had he was like forced to resign and took over. And I think maybe the early '90s is when this kind of turned around a little bit, and then you know eventually. You know, in the late 90s, 2000s, you know, all these films were released on uh, DVD, finally. Mm. Uh, see, I'm only really familiar with the uh, censorship of the uh, 50s and 60s. It got relaxed yeah. in the 70s a bit. And then I guess it, you know, the conservatism of the 80s, you know, with Thatcher, I guess, over there. And then Reagan here kind of started changing that, started reeling that back. Yeah, and then and then you know that changed again in the nineties. Because uh, those uh, those handbook books I have are really awesome with transcripts of what the censors wanted changed. And it got uh -huh. so bad that uh, James Carreras, the guy who was in charge of Hammer, was actually having them just add shit. He was like, "Just film something like disgusting, okay? Just do that." So that's what they concentrate on, something that has nothing to do with the movie. They'll ask yeah. us to cut that, but they'll leave this. And they started yeah. doing that. And it worked, you know, it did. Yeah. He, he found ways to, to fuck with them as much as he could. And, you know, they, they gradually realized what he was doing, but, uh, you know, he, that was ridiculous. <laughs> um, but that's interesting. Yeah, I'll have to check that out just to see the natural progression. Of, of that, I uh, I wanted to mention to you. Have you ever seen uh, to torture a duckling? The uh, I heard of Lucio, it. Is that it? Uh, let's see. I'm trying to find my. I did a post about this. Uh, Fulci or something like that. Is that? Yeah, it's a Fulci. Oh no, no, no. I'm okay. thinking of uh, the New York Ripper. Oh, have no. you ever seen that? You ever seen that film? No. Okay. I know what you're talking about, though. No, I'm not serious. Well, it's <laughs> it's basically a a serial killer that quacks like a duck, right? It's fucking ridiculous. Oh my god, Jesus! I mean, he literally quacks like a duck, and it's uh, got you know tons of Fulci gore in it. You know, just like you know, hardcore 
go, you know, gore, but it's all, I don't know. I always thought it was kind of tongue in cheek, you know, but, uh, mm-hmm. in this documentary, there was a, uh, lady that was talking about, uh, when they watched that, they had to, uh, like her and a few other films, her name was, uh, Carol Topolsky. Her and a few other people were quietly weeping after the film had ended, and they had to go into another office just to recover when this film was over with. So, from from um, quacking, I don't know, man. It was just, I mean, it was, it was from the torture scenes, but I mean, they're oh yeah, I don't know, I don't know. It, it's, I mean, I guess compared to other stuff, it's not that bad to me, but. I don't know. It's almost like if you're that offended by that kind of shit, you don't need to be watching those kinds of movies. Like, you don't need to be determining, you know, what's what's good for the mainstream to see, you know? Exactly. Right, but, you know, you know, like, like me personally, and Funny Games, I hate the fuck out of that movie uh, because yeah. of the, the psychological torture involved, which is very much what it is. It's all fucked up. I can't stay in a movie, but uh, I'm not going to tell other people they can't watch it. Um, yeah, I mean, that's... That, uh, which one are you talking about? The American or the... Uh, the American the one's the only one I've seen. Yeah. What with Tim Roth? Yeah, yeah. The American one? Okay. Uh, I think oh, it's, it's, it's Austrian. Austrian is the one. It was an Austrian movie first, which makes okay. sense to come out of either Austria or Germany. But, uh, oh, Austrian, okay. Yeah, I say I've never yeah. seen the original either. Uh, yeah, I just I can't stay. I don't I don't see any personally. I don't see any point in shit like that. That rebels and and just meanness like that. But that's just me. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't know. I like some of those films quite a bit, but yeah, uh, it's not. I mean, it's not something that I. You know, particularly enjoy the you know pure torture aspect of it. Um, but yeah. And anyway, I, I was just trying to say that, that that lady seemed like she was kind of crazy. If you know that movie did it to her so bad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it should be different people for not necessarily different genres, but you know, a, a person who rates. Or, or censors a romantic comedy does not need to deal with, uh, you know, with something like Funny Games. Yeah. They're, they're totally, they're meant for different audiences. Yeah, Funny Games, anything like that, is not going to be good for mass, you know, consumption. Because most people aren't going to watch that. Right. That's just the way it is. And, you know, I'm sure the people who make movies like that realize that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's just like, it goes back for me to, like, Ebert. Why the hell is he rating movies that he hates? He just outright hates them right off the bat. I know. Like the slasher movies that you like. He hated giant monster movies. Oh, dude, uh, he hated why. a lot of those slasher movies that I like. Yeah. So I just don't, like, I don't put any anything into what he has to say uh, as a critic because of that. I don't, I don't hate the guy, and, and what happened to him was fucking awful. Right. Uh, but, uh, you know, it, I don't, I don't, 
I specifically avoided reading any reviews he had done regarding Boston movies, like the original Godzilla. Uh, oh, yeah. Because I figured it would piss me off, and it did, but I finally did read some of it. But it also disappointed me because you could see he just had a preconceived notion going into it. Right. Uh, and that's what pissed me off. That was, for somebody who was considered like the ultimate uh, film critic, that was very unprofessional. Exactly. But, like, if you don't, if you know that you don't like this type of movie, you don't need to be reviewing it. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Um, speaking of that, I, I did watch his uh, documentary uh, recently. Yeah, you were telling me about it. It's uh, and it's it's pretty fucking hard to watch there at the end, man. Oh, I'm I'm sure. I tell you, man, it. I got choked up quite a few times. Um, because he's so like you know, like you know, helpless and pathetic. You know, it's it's awful, but you know, dude, dude was a fighter, and I've, I yeah. mean, knowing what he went through, I gained a lot of respect for him because I did have a lot of, you know, resentment to him for a lot of his reviews. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, do you remember in our? I'm sure you do. Our, you know, our our newspaper, the Clarion Ledger, that um, would post, you know, the uh, the showtimes for the films. Yeah, you know, with, you know, you go there. It was like like on the back of the comics or something. Uh, yeah, it was always it was always around there, around the uh, Dear Abby shit, I think. But I mean, you remember it would it would have like a little not not a full review, but maybe just a sentence or two of of a few of the films there. Mm-hmm. I would see. I would read those, and I got to where, and I was like, you know, twelve. You know, and I was reading those reviews, and I could look at that shit, and I could tell which ones I would like based upon the ones that he didn't like. Yeah. And so I learned to never pay attention to reviews, and that was one of the reasons that really made me want to, you know, review films myself. Because I felt like he he never gave them a fair shake. No, not at all. Yeah, I mean, that's why I enjoy doing this. there's plenty of movies. Because, uh, I mean, you and I have never been into the mainstream stuff yeah. for the most part. Uh, and that, to me, is exactly where I like to be. Right. So, you know, a, a film critic, you know, for a newspaper or anything like that, for the masses, it's not somebody I, I'm going to listen to for the most part. Yeah. And I'm going to agree with them every now and then, but, you know, for the most part, no. But, yeah. I mean, they've got an audience themselves having to reach, you know. It becomes a business itself to do it. They're not, not all of them are giving honest reviews. Right. I, now, I don't think that Ebert was ever bought out. I really don't. I think he kept his, uh, uh, for the most part, kept his, uh, oh, God, his principles about him. Yes, and but there are other reviewers. You know, you know their their name is just out there, like like being whores for little snippets to put oh, on yeah. DVDs and shit. Oh, I know now's the case, especially. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know, you can look certain certain websites like having a little quote on the box or whatever on the, on the DVD box. 
means mm-hmm. fuck all, you know? It means absolutely nothing. Yeah. Yeah, that's why it was, why it was so funny on the... You know the pictures I've been sending you of those uh, bootleg movies? Oh, yeah. Dude, it's so funny because uh, these are obviously foreign countries, and some of them don't even try to find stuff that has anything to do with the movie they're selling. There was one that on the back just had, like, a synopsis of the Flintstones on it, and it was like, you know, like the Matrix or something like that. Uh, It had nothing to do with that. And then they had blurbs that, uh, you know, from film critics that are not good about movies. Like, what about uh, some Amanda Bynes and Lindsay Lohan movie? The thing on it said that this movie is not fit to watch or something like that. Uh, but it was uh, advertised on the back of the DVD case. And, and that's just funny as hell to me. But I love that Tom Cruise one I sent you. Pepe loves tacos. But likes tacos. <laughs> I don't know what the hell that is. <laughs> and what was the one that had uh, it had Schwarzenegger on the front? Oh, that was uh, Phantom. It was one of the Star Wars. Oh, yeah. One of the new Star, Star Wars. Wars. It was just, I think it was Phantom Menace, I think. It was I like, think. Uh, either that or uh, it may have been Attack of the Clones. Oh, okay. And it has it's the actual artwork, the, I guess the Struzan artwork or whatever, with Schwarzenegger from uh, either Commando or Predator on just yeah. right there in the middle of all of them. Uh, I, I like the Matrix shit one. out of that. I would buy that. I would too. <laughs> uh, but uh, the whole blurb on the Matrix one was like, the white men are looking for a slave for breeding, or some, <laughs> a perfect slave for breeding. And it, it made no sense. Uh, but yeah, I love when they do that. Now, the best posters, anybody who has a minute and just wants to look for awesome stuff, Google Pakistani posters. They come up with the most badass posters and movies I've ever seen. Shit that has nothing to do with the film, but they always put action in there. Always. They've got dudes with, like, machine guns and Uzis in movies that have nothing to do with that. I found one of Lincoln, you know. It, it was uh, Abraham Lincoln, you know, just that profile shot of him with a white background from that Spielberg yeah. movie. But he's he's got, like, uh, he's got a handgun. He's holding a handgun. It looks like something from Taken, but it's Lincoln. <laughs> That sounds awesome. Uh, Pakistani movie posters are are some of the best things I've ever seen to where you want to see that movie. They make posters based on, not necessarily on a movie you're going to see, but on a movie you definitely would kill to see. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's all fucked up shit. It makes no sense, but it's, it's great. Uh... <sighs> Yeah, I'm but, looking at uh, some now. Yeah, yeah, do that. You'll see some some great stuff. It's not just them. It's like like Thai posters can be like that. Anybody yeah. from Asia in that area. Yeah, I've seen a lot of weird ass Thai posters. Yeah, I, I love them though. Um, but. Uh, I just had these few more things I've watched I wanted to mention here. Yeah, uh, go for it. Yeah, The Rom Diary, which I actually okay. did like. Yeah, I never got around to watching that one. 
Yeah, I like it. It's uh, you know, it's a movie that they tried to make it for years, and they were not able to make it till after Hunter Thompson died. Um, but uh, I've read the book. I like the book. Uh, it's it, it's pretty good. I mean, this takes place in uh, uh, the early '60s, like ten years before Fear and Loathing. Yeah. Or 1959, it might be around that time, but it's around that, around a decade before. So uh, he hadn't gotten into the psychedelic drugs yet, but he was drinking heavily. Um, so it, it was good. I enjoyed it all right. Um, let's see. Uh, Dog Soldiers. Oh, yeah. You watched that one? Yes, I did. Awesome. Uh, I really did like it. And what I really like is the fact that the, uh, I think it was the leader of that platoon. Yeah. Is, uh, Sean Pertwee, who is the son of John Pertwee, who was the third Doctor Who. Okay. Uh, he's, he's in the show Gotham right now. I'm not sure who he plays. Okay. But he's a, he's a good actor in his own right. Uh, but it also has, and I, I've totally forgotten his name, but it has the guy who plays, you know, the two centurions in Rome. That link the, the whole series together. Not no, I've never Stevenson, watched Rome. The other guy. Okay. I've never seen well, you had Shit. Well, you know the main the main soldier in uh, Dog Soldiers? Yeah. The one who refused to kill the dog at the beginning? Uh-huh. Uh, he's one of those centurions. Uh, it was cool to see him in Dog Soldiers. But uh, I can link him to another one I watched that I haven't seen since... Uh, theaters was Hannibal Rising. Oh, yeah. Uh, which is... I like it all right. I like it better this time than I did before, even though I don't think the guy who plays Hannibal is all that great. Uh, yeah. It's kind of a forgettable film, I think. It is. And, and it's really a story that did not need to be told. Uh... Well, I mean, it makes you sympathize more with Hannibal because you realize why he is what he is. Yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, it's cool, but at the same time, the character didn't need that. You know, hinting at it is one thing, but making an entire film about it is another. Right. But, you know, whatever. It was fine. I, I don't regret watching it again. I just, the guy who played Hannibal was some French kid. And his lips are way too pouty. Like, they're way too thick. Like, he's got Angelina Jolie lips. <laughs> um, and uh, there's a documentary thing I've been watching uh, by a French filmmaker named, I don't know how you say the name, Barbette or Barbet Schroeder. Uh, they did a movie called General Edie Men, where they basically went around with Edie Men, you know, while he was still in control of Uganda. And I've uh-huh. got that. That's a Criterion movie. And Edie Man actually did the soundtrack for it because he played the accordion. It's a strange movie. Uh, but this one is called Terror's Advocate about a warrior in France who actually has uh, defended and actively helped known terrorists uh, since yeah. uh, the Al- Algerians uh, after World War II. Uh, like, I haven't watched the whole thing. I'm only watching bits and pieces. Um, it's fascinating. It really is. 
it doesn't really it doesn't put him in a, a sympathetic light at all. It just kind of shows the story. Yeah, um, I've only gotten as far as the Palestinians so far, um, but uh, you know he was involved with uh, Pol Pot and several others. Yeah, um, uh, I, I don't care for the guy, even though you know some of those some of the people I think had a legitimate gripe. You know, the way they went about it was pretty pretty horrible. I don't I don't condone terrorism, but it's it's an interesting documentary, and it's not made so much where it's hard to watch. It really isn't. Um, but uh, the last I've tried to watch this movie before. I tell you what it is. I've tried to watch it twice, and I've had to shut it off twice in a fifteen minute span because uh-huh. I'm loath this thing. Uh, uh-huh. Freddie got fingered. <laughs> I was wondering what you were going to think about that one. No. Tom Green <laughs> is, like, he's not funny at all to me. Uh, Tom Green is your kryptonite. Hey, what? So Tom Green is your kryptonite. Dude, I, dude, I, I was watching it. like, Rick Torn is the only reason I think I could finish it, because... Hearing him scream at Tom Green is funny as hell. But, uh, you know, when Tom Green, like, jumps out of his car for no reason next to a, a farm, and he starts jerking off the horse, screaming, I oh, shut it off God. then. It's like, yeah. no, no, I had enough. And, uh, like, he cuts open this deer carcass, his roadkill, and runs around wearing the skin until he's hit by a truck, which is... It's it's like it's the exact opposite of funny. It like pisses me off how stupid it is. Yeah. Uh, Harlan it Ellison was... is this not Harlan Ellison? It's that dude who drank the piss and Dumb and Dumber. Oh, uh, Rowan Atkinson. Uh, Rowan Atkinson. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, we'll just go with that one, Mister Bean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just gonna stop talking about the movie though because it's it's irritating me thinking about Have it. Have you finished it? No. No, I tried. I was like, well, maybe that's the worst part. And then he does something that's even worse. So I, uh, the second time I stopped it, he was about to, this, birth, this woman was about to give birth, and he was like, oh, I'm a doctor. I was like, I'm not watching you do this, because it's just going to be stupid. So I just shut it off. <sighs> it's bad, man. It's it's really bad. Yeah, it is. Let's yeah. hey, see. I, I, if friends of mine had said, okay, we're going to see this, and I went to see the, see it with them, at best, I would have walked out on it yeah. after a few minutes and gotten a refund. At worst, I would have killed my friends. That's <laughs> it. it it's, it's, I, like his buddy, like, uh, he builds a skateboard ramp in his uh, garage in the middle of the night. His buddy does one thing, it flips over and it gets a massive compound fracture in his leg, and Tom Green starts licking the wound. Oh my God! It's like, why? I, I just, I don't even understand that. At, at the time, even at the time, man, I wouldn't have understood that. I would not have liked it. <sighs> I don't know, man. It reminds me of. It reminds me of like Ace Ventura or something like. 
maybe it's Ace Ventura for a younger generation than us or something. I don't know. Ace Ventura, I can still get laughs out of. Uh, I, I do still like Ace Ventura fine. Um, but this is like, uh, what is it? He's, Tom Green is aggressively trying to put in your face stuff that his warped, decaying brain thinks is funny when none of it's funny at all. It's just kind of crap that, that like, uh, the idiot down the street would have done. You know, he would have just shown yeah. up, like, with your compound fracture, and everybody would have murdered him. You know, <laughs> he's like the kid who somehow got out of the basement or some shit. He's not funny at all. There's no bit of humor to Tom Green, at least in that movie. And I didn't care for his show when it was on. I tried to watch it. Yeah. And I couldn't get into it because it's just that same aggressive shit. And, God, I, you know, when I first saw this, looking through all those DVDs, I was like, oh, Jesus. I, I put it back, and I was like, you know what? I've avoided seeing this film this long. I'm going to see what it's all about. Because if I can make it through the pest, I can make it through this. No. No, I'd rather watch the pest again than, than try to finish this. I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry about it, man. It's it's not that. It's not worth torturing yourself, really. No, no. I just. Uh, no, I. No, twice is enough. You know, I. Yeah, I almost turned it off again before that, though. Uh, especially when he's waking that that wound. Uh, yeah. I persevered. I was like, it's going to get better because Rip Torn's going to get in this shit and it's going to get funny. Yeah. But it's just, it, it's not enough. It's too much Tom Green. If anything, I, yeah. I'd like to watch it with people that actually like the film <sighs> and see if I can find out what they find funny about it. <clears throat> kind of like interviewing people are going to a sunk coast that's still around and asking them why why they still go there. I mean, Tom Green is like the kid in school with ADHD that will just do anything to get a laugh, you know, no matter what it is. Oh, dude. Dude, he did that movie where he was, uh, well, he was in Road Trip. He was he had a little bit part in Road Trip, I think. And then he had a yeah. bit part in... Yeah. Uh, Oh, God, that movie with that dude from, uh, uh, my name is Earl, Jason Lee. Well, the, uh, stealing, stealing Harvard. That's it. Man, I think he had a pretty big role in that film. He did, and he was his buddy. I, I tried and, to watch uh, that. That was an awful film, too. Honestly, dude, the more I think about it, the more I realize that shit like that that kept coming out in the late 90s and early 2000s, it's why I pretty much gave up on comedy. It was meant for my age because it was like relentlessly stupid. Uh, it was like the MTV generation. Uh, yeah. You know, drink a drink a surge soda and, you know, watch this crazy shit. And then, you know, buy yeah, new, exactly. you know, spin doctor's album or whatever the hell is out. <sighs> There, it was just—I don't know. It, 
I don't know. I, I can't explain any of that, but... Uh, I want to clarify. I didn't mean to say anything bad about Surge Soda. I do really enjoy that. Dude, you used to keep the cans you would drink of all that yeah. shit, didn't you? Yeah. Well, you know they make yeah, it. They're remember. making it again. Yeah, they've got it. You can get it off uh, Amazon, right? Yeah. 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 I bought it a couple times off of there. It kind of fluctuates in price, but it's... Uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. It's I've seen some posts where they're trying to bring it, uh, you know, full on. I guess full production or whatever again. Mm. And they've 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 done a few test markets. But uh, no, no, I like Surge. I just see. I made the mistake of mixing it with Everclear like a few too many times, and uh, I got really sick a, a few times with it actually, and. Uh, just really turned me off of it for a good 20 years. Yeah, that, that flavor will always make you sick yeah. almost. Oh, yeah. I was at, that way with Crown Royal. That's the first Dude. thing I ever got drunk on. Everclear, man. That shit tastes like fucking rubbing alcohol. I mean, there's nothing redeeming to that shit at all. No, I never had it. I, I, I mean, I've seen it, but I've never felt the need to get it. Uh, it was one of the first things I started buying just because, oh, shit, I'm going to buy the strongest shit they have, you know? Yeah. Just chasing Everclear with Hot Surge. Dude, oh, man. God damn. No, I got the drunkest I've ever been in my life off of that. Like, I mean, I, it's, you know, thankfully, I don't think I had a driver's license yet, but, uh. Man. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you more about that going. story when we're not recording. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, man. I want to hear it. I want to hear it, man. Uh, I remember that, though. Like, uh, you know, we used to go to uh, to Sing. You remember that gas station oh, there? Absolutely, yeah. called Sing. It was uh, blue. It yeah. was that gaudy-ass blue that was popular at the time, I guess. What's really cool, even though they renovated the entire thing, it looks nothing like it used to. That one street light, when you turn off of, um, oh shit, right off of Spillway and take yeah. a left, or, or you take a right into scene, what used to be seen, uh, that street light's the exact same. Untouched. Is it still there? The same one? Yeah, that thing is still there. It's massive. You know, and I mean, it's like the damn thing is at least like, it almost seems like it's four by four feet in light, which is ridiculous. But that light, it's the only thing still there for that old gas station. And well, it's you, untouched. The best thing about that street light was there was about a four-inch layer of bugs stuck in it. Yeah, 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 I know. You count the rings of bugs. <laughs> see how old the place is. Yeah, man. Uh, it, was, that, it got... That, that light is 30-plus years old, man. I know. I can, I remember when they were building that uh, that scene there, man. It's uh, I was really young. That was like cause oh, they really? had that, and right across from there, they had uh, they had uh, you know the video where uh, it used to be home video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. where it oh, was yeah. right there, and before that was a whole pool hall. Yeah, it was just that building, and that building was the only thing there, you know, besides the subdivisions, because you had right. to go across, you had to go across uh, spillway. Uh, you know, over the dam to uh, right. get to anything at Ridgewood. 
And then they put the scene there, and then they built Grants Ferry because uh, they had Castle Woods back there. So they started. Oh, do you remember when they built Grants Ferry? Yes. Really? Okay. See, that was before we moved out there. It must not have been long before he moved out there. They had a sunflower there. Yeah. Uh, and right next to that was that Super D that was yeah. there for so long, and it's gone now, which sucks. Yeah. I don't understand why. Well, they, they moved it and built a new place yeah. across the road, and then it stayed there for not even a year, I don't think. And then it went out of business, and yeah. now Taco Bell's there. Yep. That's so weird. That's a nice ass Taco Bell. Though. That's a it's the bomb shit. I tell you that. Dude, that's a it, good. That's a good Taco Bell. I, I really do like it. I'm glad it's so close to my mom's place. Yeah. Because when it was when the Taco Bell was right there next to that a part of that gas station, dude. Because you had to go around, and yeah. like the line, the drive-through line was right next to the dumpster. So you got a good way yeah. of that. Oh yeah. And just oh, rotten yeah. shit. And uh, I looked down there once, there was a mouse crawling around there. Oh, hell yeah. You know, I was like, well, damn. I tried to get it so I could ask him to put it in my taco for me. I just rolled this bitch up and give me some <laughs> uh, some verde sauce. And I don't know, just, just a squirming mouse to show my face. But it's like, it, it, it was a nice ambiance for a taco. <laughs> sure, sure. But... Uh, yeah, the one I'm glad they moved, and it's for the best that they moved over there. Because yeah, it is nice. I actually go in there and eat. I don't think I did that much with the other one. Yeah. But you know that talking about that thing, you know they they tore it completely down. <clears throat> they didn't just renovate it. They they tore that entire building down and rebuilt it. Did they? Because they renovated it a few times, and then yeah, like, yeah I guess that's what they did. Because it has, like, a uh, weird Mexican restaurant in half of it. Oh, well, you know what they did after that last time before this current gas station? They actually took out the uh, the reservoirs out of the ground that they kept the gas in. Yeah. I remember that because they removed those. They didn't think they were ever going to use it again. <laughs> oh, is that so, right? Uh, they took all that out, so it was... It, could not hold gas, and then it was vacant for a little bit. Yeah. And then they came in. Actually, it was not that long after that. It was within a year or two, and they came back in and built a new gas station. Yeah, I didn't know what the situation was. I thought maybe those tanks were faulty or something, but I'm just guessing. No, I think they just removed them because, you know, uh, and it might be that. It might be the age of them. Yeah. They just have to replace them, but... Well, no, because because right after they did that, they just uh, put concrete all over everything and left it there. <laughs> they just left the building there for a while. So I don't I don't know, but yeah, that that was uh, one of the first places right there. I mean, you had you can go on down the road to the Jindy and all that, but yeah, you know, that was kind of nice to have that there. Yeah, so, I mean, you you could walk to that to that gas station. Oh, yeah. And we did quite a bit. Yeah. That was the shit. Oh, man. I All the stuff they had there. I remember Surge and Joel Cola. And, uh, oh, yeah. All that, all that good stuff. 
Well, I wanted to mention to you, we, we actually had a guest here and on the chat uh, that they logged in and uh, they said my balls itch and then they they, they logged out. What? Dude, it, it's got to be like some like 12-year-old or 13-year-old doing that well, shit. They spelled my M-A-I. Matt, oh, Matt Ballsy, Matt. <laughs> As if like Cartman was saying it or some shit. Uh, uh, what comes to mind for me is somebody who's like heavily into anime and manga, because that's like Japanese sounded to me. Yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> you should have told him to go get his uncle to scratch him for him. We'll just leave that awkward leave right there. Sure. Uh, just end it right there. Yeah, right there. Now I'm watching. Oh, uh, I'm watching Lethal Weapon two again. I started it back over. And uh, <laughs> man, he's okay. He really, he really has a, uh, a bad history of women, doesn't he? He can't hold on to a girlfriend. Well, not to. He finds one in the third one, and he, and he marries her, I guess, in the fourth one. And then she straight up gets murdered in the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't know, man. I, they need I, to remake that, seriously. They need to remake Lethal Weapon, but with uh, Mac and Dennis. Oh, God. Uh, they need to remake it with uh, with Mel Gibson and Danny Glover. Yeah, he's still saying I'm too old for this shit. Like 30 years later. <laughs> he's got like a walker and an inhaler. A fucking a fucking oxygen tank strapped to his back. What? What, what the hell? No, that'll be the tagline. Lethal weapon. I'm too old for this shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Because <laughs> I looked the other night when I watched the first film again, uh, <clears throat> I'm trying to watch all of these, but just because I don't really remember them all that much. But uh, <laughs> Danny Glover was like 42 when he uh, did the first movie. When he was supposed to be 50. Damn! <sighs> I didn't know that. I thought he was 50. I think so. Let me go double check again. Let's see, 87. Go double check. I'm sure I'm saying it right. So you, so I between, guess you've seen all of these. I have not seen all of the fourth one, honestly. Richard Donner did all four. See, okay, I'm going to throw this in there for anybody who's still listening. I, I'm still... I'm honest, blown by this. Richard Donner did all these. He did Goonies and Superman. I never knew he directed the first season of the Banana Splits. That's that's fucking insane that he did that. <laughs> yeah, I need did to you ever check that, those man. out? No, I need, oh. I need to. Dude. <laughs> and, and, you know, when Cartoon Network started up, they showed Banana Splits all the time. 
Because it's one of those shows where I have a live segment and then cartoon, and then a live bit, cartoon, and then and then a little oh, yeah. bit of live stuff, and then it's over. Uh, so it, I just... Wow. You know, now that you say that, I may remember it. There was a lot of shows that did that. I had the cartoon in between. Yeah. It originally was from 77 to 78. Only two seasons. But uh, you can't even buy it here in the States. Uh, they released season the first season, I think, in, in Britain, oddly enough. Well, and uh, oh, I looked I, it up, and uh, Danny Glover was 41 when they made uh, Lethal Weapon. Wow. Man, and you and I are not that far from that. And I'll tell you something that made me feel old yesterday, because I was watching that Saturday Night Live special on Chris Farley. Yeah. Matt Foley was 35 years old. It never dawned on me until yesterday. <laughs> um, I mean, well, I was right there. Wow. God damn. Well, I guess I need to get a van and a river. Man, I remember my my big uh, turning point was, <clears throat> I don't know if you remember the episode of Full House. I don't know if you ever watched Full House. but uh, uh, Not not since it originally showed. Uh, go ahead. But no, I just mean like back, back when it first came on. Oh, yeah, I um, watched it way too much. But uh, Danny, uh, when Danny turned 30, he had, like, a little breakdown. Yeah. And I remember being like, man, 30, god damn, that's old. <laughs> and, like I, like, I thought of this consciously the entire time I was turning 30. I was like, motherfucker, I'm, 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 I'm that old now. <sighs> Dude, it's, it's it's rough getting older. Oh, yeah, it's all downhill from here, man. Oh damn! Yeah, once I say goodbye to my twenties, I realized I was there. Yeah. Um. Yeah, like I was. I keep thinking about this, and this is what bothers me. I guess kind of like what that did for you. Is uh, when my dad turned forty, my aunt had gotten a new computer, which was this uh-huh. fantastic thing. So it had that like that shit ass printer, you know, with the the dots. Oh yeah, the dots on the sides, and everything. Yeah, so you could. She made a huge banner with a skull and crossbones on both ends that said "Hordy Hordy Paul is 40. and she brought uh-huh. that over and put it in the dining room. We had a huge thing set up for dad when he came home from work that day. Yeah. When he turned 40. And I'm going to be that way in less than six years. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's... You know, watching milestones from my parents pass me by, it's it's gotten a little rough. Oh, I know Uh, that. Well, I mean, you know, for me, I'm, I'm 34. And at my age right now, I was uh, I was four years old uh, okay. when Dad was this age, and my mother was pregnant with my brother. Yeah. She would have him, because I'm almost exactly 30 years younger than my dad. So uh, 
she'd be having my brother in just over a month. Yeah. So it's stuff like that. I mean, that that just kind of hits you. Yeah. 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 My I'm 30 years older than or 30 years younger than my mom. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I remember when my dad turned 40, it was the same type deal. You know, it was a big joke. You know, uh, you know he's over the hill, this, that, and the other. You know, everybody gave him cards. And I thought it was a big joke, even though I didn't know what the fuck it meant. So I was riding, like, over the hill all over the place and, like, giving him all these cards, you know, that I made by hand, you know, over oh. the hill, over the hill. I was, like, six, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah, I didn't know what the fuck it meant. I would, like, draw a hill, and I would, like, point to going over it. You know, I didn't know what the hell it meant. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I remember that. And and it's funny to everybody but him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. When uh, See, I... <laughs> when my wife turned 30, I, I gave her all of that shit. I gave her the over-the-hill shit. I oh, gave okay. her a, uh, like, I got her a birthday cake that said 40 on it. Oh, good. <laughs> I got her all the, you know, all the over-the-hill shit that you do for people that turn 40. I'm sure she was. I appreciate her for that. Oh, yeah. Just going to skip that. a decade. Yeah. She, yeah, she, oh, she loved it. <laughs> oh. I think it's a bigger yeah, deal yeah. for women anyway. Oh, oh big, Yeah. I mean, men can stay relevant until they die, you know? Women, I mean, they, they reach 30, 40 years old. I mean, I mean, as far as, you know, the general populace is concerned, you know, you know, they're oh. they're pretty much, uh, you know, thrown to the curb. Yeah. I'm hoping that that shit will change. Uh, because, uh, you know, I took a, uh, a class when I was in school about, uh, it was basically about, about aging, you know, aging people, you know, in my uh, mm-hmm. sociology. It was, you know, just one of the, uh, the electors in my sociology. Uh, it was, uh, you know, basically just, that's, you know, that's what it was about, people getting older, you know, this, that, and the other. And uh, one of the main things we focused on was divorce. Like, it's such a staggering difference in the, the, the remarriage rate for, Men versus women once they hit a certain age, like forty or fifty years old. Yeah. Like men get remarried, like like seventy five percent get remarried within like a year. You know, and with women it's like, you know, twenty five percent get remarried within like five years and like the rest of them don't get married at all, don't get remarried at all, you know? Yeah. It just goes with that adage that, you know, men basically go from living with their mother to living with a wife, you know, and there's always somebody to take care of them, you know? Yeah. So they don't know what to do without a woman being there, you know, or or someone to take care of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, I, honestly, I think that's, uh, one of the reasons men tend to die before women do. We couldn't yeah. handle our wives dying on us first. Yeah. You know, 
you know, I know, I know there's a lot of, you know, crap against women, all that shit going out there, which I, I, I disagree with, but, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I, I, I get that. Um, that's changing though, you know, the, uh, the, uh, you know, the age of death is, is getting closer and closer to even. Yeah. Yeah. I noticed that. Like it used to be like a 10 year difference and now it's like oh, less yeah. than five. Yeah. Probably just the, the advances in, uh, you know, heart disease treatment probably. Probably. Yeah. Now, I'd be curious to see what the numbers are. You know, like like somebody can live to be in their nineties, but have no quality of life. Right. That's that's why I'm really curious about because I sure as fuck don't want to live till I'm like 100 years old. If I spend the last 20 years of my life being like uh, where I can't do anything for myself, I'd rather just go ahead and die at 80. Yeah, I agree. Uh, well, I think most people probably agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want pills that will help me actually continue my life rather than just keep my heart beating. Yeah. And you know, if, if you can't do more than that, just let me go. Or give yeah. me a fucking butter knife and I'll, I'll take care of myself. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It has to be a butter knife, though. It has to be long and agonizing. A paper clip. Oh, oh dude. Dude, I think I knew more with a paper clip than a butter knife. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ugh, that's awful. But, uh... <sighs> mm. Well, I, yeah, I had to put in Lethal Weapon 2 as well, dude. I haven't watched well, look, it in a little while. I'm going to tell you this. Uh, Danny Glover's too old. He said it about six times already. No, I know. And I'm not even a third of the way through the second time. Dude. Yeah, I was thinking about it, man. I need to pick up the Die Hard movies. I need to pick up uh, 48 Hours. Yeah. Um, of course, everybody needs trading places. But uh, what's that other Eddie Murphy movie? That's uh, like a cop kind of thing. Golden Child? Oh, Jesus, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> like that one at all. Um, Beverly Hills Cop? Yeah, yeah, there we go. There we go. Okay. That's it. Uh, I, I need to get more of those. It's just, this stuff was like constantly on TV growing up, so I never really felt the need to buy them. And now, uh, uh, of course, they show some of it on, on some channels if you've got good channels, but if you don't, you pretty much need to buy them to, to have them. They're like essential. So I guess people our age, you know, dudes who grew up in the 80s and 90s. Man, they just don't make action movies like they used to. No, they don't. I mean, even there's the piss poor there, shit. But there's nothing like this. I mean, the piss poor shit we used to crap on back in the day is still better than what they make now. Well, it's like, you look at this, like you see, you look at Lethal Weapon, and then you look at something like, uh, or I guess let's go for a solitary kind of thing, like uh, 
I want to say Invasion USA, but I don't need to say Invasion USA. Let's say like a Seagal movie, like Above the Wall, okay, which is a decent action film. It's one dude going after people. And then you have Taken with Liam Neeson doing something similar. That's a modern action movie. Now, Taken's a good one, though. Yeah. But that's... Taken is not like... Like, you could watch Above the Wall, and the next day you go watch another great action movie. You know, there was so much going on at the time. But now, Taken is it. I think that's why Taken did so damn well. <clears throat> yeah. You can kind of compare Taken to, like, uh, a Charles Bronson film, just because... Yeah. I mean, Liam, Liam Neeson's not going to be doing any crazy kung fu or anything, you know? No. Well, he doesn't need to, though. Yeah, I, I see what you mean, yeah. Um, what, what is that fucking... That Kevin Bacon movie, Death Sentence. Oh, yeah. I love that now. one. Yeah, hell yeah. Now, what is, what is that... That was made into a movie before with Charles Bronson, I think, was it not? Oh, I'm not sure. Uh, is it is it not Death Wish or something like that? I mean, it could be. It could be uh, similar to Death Wish. I I think it's something like that. I, I'm not sure. I'm just thinking of more stuff for the remake thing that we're doing, watching the original one remake. Because uh, uh, there's others you could do that are not just horror, like which is pretty much what we chose. Like, a, I mean, basically just a uh, a revenge tale, you know. There's so many of those. Yeah. But, uh, Death Wish was his... His wife got killed, right? In the first one? I'm trying to remember. His, uh... Yeah, remember his wife, it? I think, was killed and his daughter yeah. was raped by Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they spray painted stuff on her ass. Yeah. Which takes that rape scene and makes it into something ridiculous to me. Wait. Uh, his daughter got raped in the second one, too. Because I watched that one recently. Yeah. I, I guess she got raped again. Oh, okay. Hell yeah. I think so. So, yeah, drugs. Either that or it's his wife that gets raped and killed in the first one. I don't know, man. Somebody gets raped and killed. And yeah, I think, I, I think that may be it. I think it may be his wife was raped and killed. Okay. I want to go look and at then, Death Wish 2 because there's a there's a great cameo in there of one of the rapists, too. Is it Lawrence Fishburne? I'm not sure. I don't remember. I, I have the Death Wish movie somewhere, but uh, I haven't. I haven't watched them all. Because I know it was Jeff Goldblum in the first one, and uh, let's see. Uh, oh, fuck. Yep, Lawrence Fishburne. Okay, cool. Um, what is like Gilbert Gilbert Godfrey gonna rape his like mother-in-law in uh, part three? Dude, they made five of them, I think. Yeah, I'm not I've sure got who was raped. I haven't uh, seen part three yet. Long time. Yeah, I think by the time they made the fifth one, Bronson already had Alzheimer's. Jesus Christ, really? 
Uh, I guess he's forgotten. He killed everybody for the first <laughs> one, so he just goes and tries to kill him again. So, so he got mind raped in that one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, well, on that note, do you want to go ahead and get into our main topic here after we've talked? Yeah, for <laughs> God knows how long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, um, let's go ahead and do that. Well, let's see. Uh, okay, we'll talk about Time Machine and the remake, uh, the 1960 film, as well as the 2002 film. Um, are you very familiar with the novel? Yes. Oh, yeah. It's a great book. Is it? Okay. I've, I, don't, I don't believe I've ever read it. Uh, I, I recommend it. It's, uh, the, the thing about Wells is he, didn't, he never wrote huge books. So uh, you, can, you can read Time Machine, you know, and, and within a day easily. It's a short oh, okay. book, but it's a great book, dude. It really is. Uh, what I what I'd say is just go to like Barnes and Noble, whatever, and get one of those big, big ass things they've got of his novels, oh, and just read oh, those. Yeah. It has like collections. Yeah, yeah. Barnes and Noble's got a really cool one. Uh, with uh, yeah, War of the Worlds is like the main one there. Oh yeah, but uh, you can. Read like Time Machine, I'm a Doctor Moreau, and a lot of his short stories like Empire of the Ants. Um, well, damn, that'll, the be, gods. that'll be the third, uh, the third H.G. Wells uh, book that, that that we've done then, based on a novel. Oh, I mean, his stuff has been used a lot. We did War of the Worlds. We're doing this, and we're going to do the Island of Doctor Moreau too. Yep. Wow. Well, that's cool. And, uh, you know, that Food of the Gods thing we did, I guess, will be loosely connected. Sure. Very, very loosely. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. It's, I mean, it's loosely connected to the first movie, so, yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, the first film in 1960, do you want to you get us started on that? Yeah, yeah, man. I actually went back and cause I watched it like a month ago, and then I I went on ahead and went back and watched it two nights ago. Uh, like I told you, man, I was trying to straighten up my room and trying to fix a bookcase of mine. I just put it in just to have it in the background, but I got drawn into it again. <laughs> I can't help but do that. Um, but yeah, yeah, we've got uh, George Powell. Uh, from War of the Worlds, which I mean, his 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 miniature work is really damn good. Uh, you've got uh, Rod Taylor, who just just passed away like a couple of months ago, which is a damn shame. Uh, he's he's awesome. Most people would probably remember him from The Birds. Uh, the Birds. He was also yeah, The Birds. Uh, okay. He, uh, he, from what I've read about him, is he was known for being kind of a, uh, he liked to ball. He liked to fight. Yeah. Uh, and so he would, he would do that quite a bit. <laughs> he made a movie, and the theme of the movie was used in, uh, Inglorious Bastards called, uh, Dark of the Sun. Okay. Um, it's a, uh, a movie about mercenaries, uh, from the 60s, but it's got, I think, Jim Brown. And, and Rod Taylor, 
And, uh, oh, wow, that sounds awesome. And uh, I haven't watched all of it yet, but yeah, it's like an action movie set in uh, in uh, Africa. It's during, you know, the old unrest in Africa in the 60s. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, but yeah, Ron Taylor is just awesome to watch. He's just a great actor. He's got good charisma, too. He really does. Um, and uh, he makes the movie for me. He really does. Uh, this is one of his the, early roles, isn't it? One of the early roles 60, in his career? Uh, I guess so. Yeah, it's in the 60s when he really got got big. He was... Uh, another thing that makes me feel old, he was like 30, 30 or 31 at that time. Um, but uh, that's a great picture. I've, I've got it somewhere of... Uh, of... Uh, George Powell and Rod Taylor in those director's chairs going over the script, you know, getting ready for a scene. It's just oh, wow. really cool because George Powell was supposed to be really, you know, really nice, you know, to one yeah. month and everything. Um, but, uh, and you've also got, uh, you've got a gentleman named Alan Young who, uh, he's still alive. He's 95, I think. Uh, he's his friend, Philby. You know, right. his good friend, the one who, who Oh yeah. Who you know in a movie he's a caretaker of his home after he disappears. Yeah, the um Irish fellow. Yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh and you've got I I'm not sure if I'm saying her name correctly, Yvette Mimou or Mimu or something uh-huh. like that. She's got a very French name. She's that girl. All right. Uh, what's her name? The Eloy girl? Oh um, shit. I don't have it in front of me, man. I can't remember right off. Um I, I should know because I just watched it. Well, Weena. Her name is Weena. That's right. Yeah. Um. But uh, man, Weena. Yeah. See, I love the fact that her name is very childish, which yeah. fits with with the way they they are. Right. Um. But uh, it. Uh, one thing I love that they did about it that they didn't do with the World of Worlds was they set the time machine in the correct time, or at the time it was written. Right, you know, right. The late 1800s, which is uh, and that's the, just the Victorian appeal. You know, you have the staunch Victorian look and everything. You have the, the social order being the way it was, which, right. uh, which I, I hate. When I look back at it, I, I can't stand that. But it, everything looked, you know, beautiful or it just had a really cool look to it that's why i do like steampunk i like the look of steampunk uh but the time machine is is a gorgeous uh set piece you know and it fits in there it looks like something that would have been made then and not it doesn't look like anything that would have been from 1960 um but I love the fact that they made the movie set at that time. Um, yeah, yeah, I agree. It, 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 it really works. It does. Um, and I like the fact, I like how they started, too. You know, all his friends are waiting there at the table for right. a, a dinner date that he had set up. And he comes busting in the room, just his clothes messed up in tatters. You know, and then and then you have the flashback thing. He tells him what what happened, and that's the movie. It's really cool. 
because it, it gets your attention right there. Right. Um, well, then he brings out a miniature. Yeah. A little miniature time machine, and it just disappears. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, you know, I I couldn't help but think, why didn't he set this thing up to disappear for five minutes or to go forward in time for five minutes? But I guess he can only he can only do it one way, you know, unless right. he was actually controlling it. I guess right. okay, that makes sense. Because it would have been, I think it would have been more effective if he could have had it come back, you know, in five minutes, show that it's not there, there's nothing there, and then boom, it's back. But, uh because of course they weren't going to believe him, right? And uh, I like the fact that you feel his uh, his uh, exasperation at the fact that none of them believe him. You know, yeah. Um, yeah, man, the look and feel of the movie are great, and they work well. Uh, you know, they actually spent quite a bit of time. Uh, just talking, you know, right. in the late 1800s there, and it's not boring. You know, they right. don't throw you right into it. They build up to it. <sighs> so when he actually uses a time machine, it's that much more effective. Um, but, uh... Well, I guess we can yeah, get into when he actually uses it. Yeah. He yeah, actually gets, uh, gets on it. And, see, in this film, I was going to ask you... Um, is you know I guess we can fast forward a little bit to the uh, remake. The uh, was there any motivation? Because you know he he was actually motivated in the you know the remake to go uh, back in time mm-hmm. and then go forward in time. Uh, was there any motivation here? I mean, in the book, for him to do it or just just sheer curiosity? But he was just a scientist. You know, it's just something he wanted to do, which honestly to me makes more sense. You know, that somebody, they're not driven by anything personal like that, you know, except for that curiosity. Um, no, I mean, it's it's kind of like in World of Worlds where he is the narrator, and the narrator is it, essentially H.G. Um, Wells. Um, right. But uh, it... No, he he never had that personal. I, I don't. I, I kind of don't like the fact that they had to add that in there. Yeah, we uh, get that way. I didn't, yeah, I didn't mean to uh, derail you. I was just curious. No, 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 no. The 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 sixty nineteen sixty movie follows the book. Okay, uh, okay. Quite quite well. Um, it's uh, but. Yeah, I mean, it's it's really neat seeing the uh, the stop motion and the use of the uh, the mannequin and the clothes, the yeah. clothes changing. That was really cool to see them changing as time goes by, you know, up into the 60s, you know, which, of course, that was a huge change in, in female fashion. <sighs> right, you know, right. You can, see the, 60 years. you can see the skirts getting shorter. Yeah. Yeah, and you see his amusement at that. Uh, he doesn't look at it with any sort of like, oh my God, this is inappropriate or anything. He just right. finds it kind of amusing. Um, I mean, I do think it's kind a- of far-fetched that not only would it be the same mannequin, but in the same position, and even if that store would still be there, you know, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is something that came to mind. 
for me too. But it, it, it's a cool little way to uh, show time progress. That's uh, kind of, yeah. I guess, tongue in cheek. You know, in a way that they didn't really have a lot as far as special effects go. You know, to to yeah. show the passage of time. So, that, yeah, that was very interesting. Um, that you know, they have the uh, of course uh, you see the sun and moon racing across the sky. You see, uh, you see the bosses, you know, building up in his because obviously he's gone. So you see everything just kind of. You know, cobwebs grow and all that. The vines grow and just take over his, uh, you know, his lab and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, he stops. Yeah, his first stop is what 1917, right in the middle of World War One. And uh, you know, he meets his friend Philby's uh, son, and uh, finds out that Philby, you know, at that point is gone. Right. But it's kind of neat that you know he stops in World War One uh, to see that we're you know at war with with Germany, War Britain is, and you know he goes back, goes forward again to 1940. Is it 43? I think it is, and uh, still at war with Germany. You know, it finally dawns on him that it's a second war. But it was kind of interesting that he would think that Jesus' this war has been raging for, for you know, decades. Oh yeah. Um, well, it goes forward, doesn't it? I mean, it goes on past the, uh, you know, the, when when the movie was filmed, and I think they're still at war. Well, the thing is, it goes forward to 1966, and uh, which is kind of interesting to see. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, they never say who they're at war with then, but uh, you get the feeling it's a cold war, uh, gone hot, I guess. Um, and that's just interesting to me because that's just, that's not long at all before the Cuban Missile Crisis, where the Cold War literally did almost, uh, become like a hot war or a real one. Um, but it was kind of neat that that he did that. He... (sighs) You know, most people, when they do that, they want to go way forward in time. But uh, George Powell only went a few years, you know, forward. It's only like, what, six years. And he was going relatively slowly, too. Yeah. Well, it's it's almost like he was was observing everything instead of just hauling ass. And, uh, you know, then he, after that, he goes forward uh, because his time machine becomes a case in rock for thousands of years. And that's when he jumps forward to the 800,000s. But, uh, um, I'm I'm trying not to give away too much of it. Well, I mean, uh, that's... That's pretty much, I mean, you know, you know, until you get to the end of the film, I don't really think, you know, we know that he goes way far in the future. Like, uh, Jesus, you know, you said 800,000? Yeah. yeah so basically, the, uh, I mean, the, the world basically was, you know, uh, you know, virtually, you know, inhabited for quite a while, I guess we can believe, because it has grown back up into, you know, basically, uh, you know, vegetation everywhere. 
Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, you I, have the... Uh, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I guess, you know, presumably due to the wars. Well, yeah, you had that, that nuke. Uh, yeah, I, I guess a uh, nuclear war, and, and it just destroyed everything. And then his time machine is in case, so he can't see anything happen until erosion uh, uh, uncovers him again. And uh, then he sees everything's lush and beautiful, and cities grow up again around around him. Uh, but by the time he decides to stop, everything is, uh, even those cities have fallen out. Uh, yeah. Because you, uh, you have, uh, and I'm trying to do this without comparing it too much to the sequel, yeah. well, not sequel, but the remake, uh, but you know what, I'll say that for the, the remake, because it's, it's, I'd like to compare uh, this this section to the to the remake and that. Uh, but yeah, anything else you have on the original? Well, I mean, uh, you know, I guess we can get get into when he actually gets there, you know, and then he meets the people. <clears throat> and I mean, you learn the big reveal, you know, which I mean, we can you know go ahead and spoil it. I guess. I mean, it's not this movie's fucking you know <laughs> sixty years old now, so. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he... he uh, yeah, the people he meets are the Eloy. I mean, I uh, guess the biggest uh, suspension of belief to me is the the fact that all these people just go willingly into this, uh, I mean, you know, essentially a, a big cave of death when this, you know, uh, siren goes off. They just walk into this... Uh, you know, this big odd uh, tomb, I guess you'd call it. And, uh, yeah. you know, they know they're not going to come back. So, I mean, it, it's, I think that right there is a bit of a stretch for me. But, you know, I can look past that. And that they're, you know, they're not going to even question it at all. But, you know, they keep them, you know, young and stupid and well-fed, you know, for a reason. I so, they don't. Yeah, exactly, exactly, like cattle. And that's what they uh, are. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's, that's uh, In the book, the Eloi are actually smaller. Like, they're actually... They literally are children. Like, uh, you know, physically, even when they're older, they're, they stay at a small stature. All right, I With think the, the skin's a different hue as well. Was there at all a romantic involvement there? In the book? I don't think, if I remember correctly, it's been a few years since I've read it. I don't think there really was. It may have been hinted at, but it wasn't overt. You know, even in this movie, Weena is, her attraction to, uh, to, to George is, uh, it's very childlike. It, it really comes across like a young girl who just has a crush, you know? Sure, sure. Uh, she, it's very, very naive to everything. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think she was, if the actress, in fact, was, uh, she was in her late teens, I believe. She was 17 when she did when the movie. Film that. Yeah, she was. Okay, 17, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yvette Mimu? Yeah. Maybe, I, I guess. It's hard for me to, it's hard for me to pronounce it. You know how I am with pronouncing names. 
Yeah. You know, usually whatever I go with is a wrong one. So I'm not even going to fucking try. Well, this French, I imagine. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll just yeah, go with whatever. We'll just call her she was, uh, she was also in the black hole in nineteen seventy nine. Oh, yeah. She's done a lot of stuff, man. And I, yeah. I was really impressed with her, you know, with her acting. I think it was great casting. Because uh, she has a really unique to her, or a really unique look to her as well. She does. She's very beautiful, but... Yeah, she is. You know, it, it, it really does work for the film. Uh, but, I mean, I think we all kind of wanted him to take her, bring her back to, you know, his you know his time in the time machine, and, you know, everyone live happily ever after. Cause, I, I don't know that she would have survived, but, yeah... Yeah, that's that's what you kind of expect, right? Right. You know, with the you know, take her to a different world. But honestly, once uh, they take care of the issue with the Morlocks, her world was not a bad world. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I I like the fact that they show them as being carefree children. I mean, they don't even when she's you know in that uh, the, the the stream. Drowning, they just watch her. Oh, I know. You know they don't even care. try to. Yeah, and it's it's just like how most cattle would be. You it's know, really bizarre. Yeah, it's it's unnerving. Almost. Yeah. The Eloy to me bothered me in that movie. They bother me more than the Morlocks do. Because the Morlocks, I, I can I can see their motivation behind what they do. Because they're actually more like the way we are, I guess. But uh, the Eagle just sitting there letting it happen. It's just too much like, you know, National Geographic specials when you see the lions go after, you know, uh, gazelles and they don't do shit to one that's, yeah. that's being hunted. They just, it's, it's every man for himself. Um, some do. I mean, like some, some will some, be, sometimes. you know, de- you know, defend their, their people and, you know, elephants do and, you know, I mean, some, you see it some sometimes. do. Yeah. Sometimes. That's the thing, though. It's not the rule. Uh, and that's unnerving seeing that. So I she was like, they did that in the movie. Hmm? She she was floating by, like dudes, like sitting on the rock. She's floating by, and they're just like looking at her. She's crawling at the rock. Uh, yeah, it was really like, disturbing. Oh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's that total apathy. Like, just total apathy that they had. It just showed how complete their, uh, I guess, the change was for the Ahoy from from us, you know. Um, but uh, I thought that was really effective, and I love seeing him trying to, to deal with them. You know, this is this genius just asking basic questions. He's, he's there to learn from them. That's yeah. what I love about this story. He goes forward in the past. He could go in, uh, not in the past, but he he could have gone into the past, but he doesn't want to because he wants to learn right. from people in the future. And he goes to the future, and he's just so disappointed because, <laughs> you know, the, the books are all crumbling, the ones that were left. Right. Um, uh, it, it isn't until he does find something futuristic, like those rings, that had to tell the history of people. Yeah. Uh, that's because, yeah, we did, uh, people did continue to uh, evolve uh, 
you know, uh, the societies continued to evolve and it became more intelligent until something just happened. You know, another cataclysm. And uh, it's just really cool seeing his frustration with that, with dealing with them. And then when you've had just enough of them, you meet the Morlocks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and man, those Morlocks in the 1961 are creepy as hell to me. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. Those eyes, uh, those glowing eyes are just... Uh, um, it's just fascinating to me. I love the way Wells did it, how humanity split like that. Right. Well, you have one that's very peaceful, but, I mean, it's, they're too peaceful. You know, they're, they're like, literally are herd animals. The other one is very much a predator. They're, they're, there's, there's no middle ground. They're like totally uh, two halves of the same species. Um, so the Morlocks are taking care of them, but they're, you know, they're, they're killing them and eating them. Yeah. Uh, which makes you wonder about any other species of animal because you don't see anything. There are none. I mean, you don't even hear birds. Or anything. Well, it's just humanity. <clears throat> yeah, that, that's one thing I wanted to get into was just the uh, the simplicity of this movie. It's it's really, I mean, it's a really simple movie when you get down to it. You know, yeah, it's just a very you know centralized location, and I think it works really well for this movie in particular. Well, that's all you need. Yeah, that's what I love about the lower budgets. Because they force you to do that. Do the best with what little you have. Whereas, you know, now you're like, well, we've got millions of dollars. Let's go do this. Let's do that. Let's go all over the fucking world and all that shit. There's no need (laughs) for that. Right. Uh, There literally is absolutely no need for that, especially with the time machine. Because you think about it, the time machine, he never leaves that one area. He, He, like, stays within... Dude, he, he, I think he stays within just a few hundred yards of sure. where his lab was, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's, that's, it is neat. And you're right. It's kind of like with uh, how War of the Worlds was uh, kind of simple, too. Even yeah. though it spans more space, I guess. But it, uh, that's all they needed. And, and, and you're right. It works really well. Um. But, uh, yeah, I, I just, I don't know. I, I love the movie. I, I think it's a better made film than War of the Worlds, personally. Oh, uh, I do too, man. This is, this is by far my favorite of the, you know, the older films we've watched. And I'm, you know, the, you know, novice here. I've never, you know, I'd never seen this film before. You know, I, I'd seen all these remakes before I went back back and watched the originals. So, you know. It's kind of a, I don't know, an odd you know situation for me having seen you know a different interpretation, and then you know going back and watching this. But no, I really enjoyed this film. It was by far my favorite. Oh yeah, you see every bit of craftsmanship on screen. Uh, it's a labor of love from George Powell. But he enjoyed really stuff was. like that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I mean, it's a, you know, right. it's a classic, classic movie, but, I mean, definitely a, a classic sci-fi movie. I mean, absolutely. 
Yeah, definitely, man. Like that uh to me, you know, that time machine in there is is the iconic time machine. A lot of people from yeah. our uh, our generation will say, Well the DeLorean is it's like, Well, I love the DeLorean, but it's not it's not that. You know, it's not the original and the best time machine. You know, it didn't yeah. have it's not tainted by Biff's ass being in it. Let me put it that way. <laughs> but uh Yeah, um and one thing before we get into comparisons here, anybody who has the D V D or any way to get that D V D, check out the special features. Oh because yeah, there's yeah. there's one there called the Journey Back. Which is uh it was made in ninety I wanna say ninety three, right around then. Where uh it's all about the making of the time machine. Uh and it's hosted by Rod Taylor. And it is one of the best documentaries I've seen like that. Because it's great to get him back there and you could just feel the enthusiasm he has to revisit something. Yeah. That was absolutely uh, so special to him thirty years before. Yeah, he uh, he's all smiles the whole time. Um, but it's fascinating uh, learning the history of the movie, you know, the issues they had with it, how they went about making it, and uh, it's fascinating learning the history of the time machine itself. What happened to it after the film, uh, and the fact that it is literally a miracle that they still have any of the original, you know, still around. I think, I can't remember who has it, but it, they, they uh, fixed it up. And, oh, man, uh, they, they went into the whole, uh, you know, history of that thing. It it went, oh, man, it went to, like, I mean, it, it was at a pawn shop at one time for, like, yeah. You know, just like $600, somebody bought it, and a lot of the parts were broken on it, and they had to reconstruct mm-hmm. those. And so, you, you know, someone who actually does respect the film has it now. But uh, th- th- uh, did you actually see the uh, TV spot that had um, Michael J. Fox in it? Yes. Yeah, and I saw that, that he was uh, messing around in that. I, I, I thought that was really so. cool. Because I've watched the making of uh, the Back to the Future movies with Michael J. Fox hosting that. Oh, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was sad that somebody ripped a chair out of that time machine, thinking it was an authentic antique, but it wasn't. You know, it was made specifically for the movie to look like an antique. Yeah. And so barber they sold chair, it like right? that. Wasn't it a barber chair? Yeah, yeah I think so, yeah. And they, uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and I think another problem, uh, when they used it, I think on another show was using it, they had, uh, one of the, the prop guys lifted it up by the, the handles. Yeah. And, and it, it broke everything. Yeah. And that sucks here, man. Cause it, 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 it wasn't all a, the time. It wasn't a load bearing handle, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, yeah, man, that that thing went through a bunch of different uh, owners before it actually found its you know current owner. Or I'm assuming it was current when this documentary came out, which was I mean probably at least ten years ago. Oh, the documentary is uh, from 90, 93 or so. It's twenty years. Oh, old. geez, wow, it's 
it's older than I thought it was. But uh, um, I mean, yeah, I mean, we we forgot to mention the best part of it was actually when they that they reshot, I guess, an alternate ending. Yeah. To the original film, when they actually, you know, they get to see each other again, uh, him and uh, Philby. Yeah, Alan Young. They got them both together again the first time since they made was, the time machine. That was very touching, man. I really enjoyed that. Uh, I did too, man. It was uh, a really cool uh, epilogue for it. Yeah. All uh, right, you know they dressed them up as best they could, made the lab as best they could. Of that, that was that was. I mean, that was nothing but love there that you yeah. see it on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, um, something uh, that you know yeah. doesn't doesn't take away at all from the original, but you know, really adds to it and adds to the relationship of the actors too. You know, because I mean, I don't think they'd seen each other since the filming. You know, and they really, you know, connected again when they did that that, that little short yeah. scene. Yeah, it's not long at all, man. But damn, it's. Uh... That to me is well worth the cost of the DVD alone just to see that. Oh, to see them do that where everything works, you know. Uh, Because too many people who grow up with stuff like that, and I'm talking about Peter Jackson, will take something like that and smother it to death. Uh, Like King Kong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I don't want to. I don't want to taint that I, with talking about him. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that that's just. Uh, I love watching that movie. Uh, I actually watched that that making of with my dad the last time he visited. Oh yeah, yeah you told and, me uh, that. Yeah, I mean, he loves watching this kind of stuff too. Um, I need to have him back down here so we can watch some more war movies. Because he's always liking to watch uh, War of the Worlds. Was your dad uh, a big fan of that when he was a kid? <clears throat> yeah, I think so. That's cool. Yeah, dad's, uh, you know, he uh, he grew up with this stuff. Because when Time Machine came out, he would have been 10. Right. Which is a good That's age for him. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, That's a great yeah, dance Oh, dude, yeah, when you're impressionable. Yeah. Uh, he remembers seeing the original Godzilla in theaters when it came out in the States. His brother took him to see it. That would have been 1956 when he was, he was five. Wow. Because it scared him that, yeah. The ending scared him when Godzilla dies. It sure. turns into a skeleton. That scared Dad when he was a little kid. And uh, he, he said he went to see it again. But that's when they reissued these movies quite a bit every few years. Yeah. So, yeah, there's every well, yeah, chance you can I'm sure that, again easily. I'm sure that ran on the uh, drive-in for years. Oh, yeah. And even TV, you know. Uh there we go. I'm looking at that. I'm sorry, I was going to say uh, the time machine, a journey back uh, is actually you can you can rent that on Amazon for uh, for two dollars. Uh, check that out. It's got to be on YouTube. 
It has. You, you're probably right. Well, I mean, it, it's a pretty restricted uh, viewing on that, that property because I look for it uh, myself. But uh, I'm sure it's available somewhere else. But Because <clears throat> I'm not sure who owns the rights to it. But it seems like everything we've done has been pretty uh, pretty sealed up tight. Uh, uh, yeah, Warner yeah. Brothers. It's Warner Brothers, man. Okay. They, okay, Paramount did War of the Worlds. Okay, so Warner Brothers would have been this one. I actually just put in the journey back again, just to have it for you in here. Um, there's definitely uh, clips of it on YouTube. I'm not seeing the full deal on there, but like I said, I'm sure it's available somewhere to watch. But uh, yeah, man, that was a that was a great flick. I'm glad you uh, I'm glad you uh, suggested it to do that. But uh, I guess I can go ahead and get into the remake here, and uh, you know, get your thoughts on that. And I, you know, I'll let you go, and then I'll uh, you know give my thoughts after you finish. Okay. Um. Well, I you know I went to see the remake in theaters because uh, I, I, you know, I was a, a big AC Wells fan. Um, and, uh, you know, I, so I went into it and, you know, kind of, I had, I don't know if I saw more than one trailer for it beforehand, but I was looking forward to it and, uh, saw it with some friends of mine. And, uh, one thing, uh, a, a pro, about it is the fact that again they said it at the turn of the century, right? Uh, which I, I love that. Whenever they do that, I always love it when they do that. Uh, but uh, I don't. Uh, Guy Pierce, I think, is fine as as a yep. time traveler. I like Guy Pierce. Um, but uh, then they like. You know, he uh, he only has the one friend. I can't even remember the name. You because know, he's like a teacher. You know, he's an instructor in a college, I guess. Um, and uh, it's, it's Philby. It's, it's it? spelled with a P-H instead of an F, but, yeah, it's Philby. Uh, okay. Well, uh, yeah, you have him meeting his uh, girlfriend, and she uh, she gets killed right when he yeah. proposes to her. Um, <laughs> and uh, that's his catalyst. Right. Uh, and, of course, that's the first major change from uh, from the book or the other movie. Uh, he builds a time machine, which I have to say, I think the time machine in, in that one is beautiful, too. Because again, it's made to resemble an old Victorian thing. You know, it's got the chair looks about the same. It's just been right. tinkered with a little bit, and I love that time machine. I think it's really cool. Um, well, this, this, that was actually the biggest and most expensive prop ever built at that time. Really, damn! And it it, it was actually uh, they, they tried to make it based upon. Uh, the fact that he was a scientist for uh, 
some sort of like refractionary lights or something like that. I forget the exact the exact term that they used, but that's why it looked okay. so funky and so different because it was uh, supposed to be using all those different kinds of uh, lights and uh, you know lenses and stuff. Yeah, and because uh, yeah, he used he used uh, crystal to power the time machine. Uh, which I think at the time it was thought that crystals harbored immense energy. Uh, Sorry, I didn't mean to uh, derail you. I was just trying to. No, 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 man. That was that was something I I had seen in the making of. That's cool. I didn't know that. Uh, But it's beautiful, though. I mean, it's a really cool. I think it's a cool uh, uh, reimagining of of the original time machine. I agree. Um, but, uh, yeah, you know, he, he goes forward. And it's different in, in this one because he goes forward. Uh, God, how far does he go? He goes forward quite a ways. He doesn't mess with the world wars. He bypasses those entirely. And he uh, goes uh, into, like, the 20... 37. Oh, God, it's 2037? Okay. So he does that, and uh, you know they're they're colonizing the moon. Like the moon has been colonized right. at this point, and uh, they're about to set off charges deep within the moon, which is a, sounds like a fantastic idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> for uh, I can't remember why they were doing that, but you know, it was yeah something to do with that colonization. I think. Yeah, it, it was. It was. Uh, I think they were mining something or uh, or whatever, but uh, he did that, and he moves. You know, he he moves forward again. I can't remember how far he moves forward, but at this point, uh, uh, the moon has actually fractured because of those those detonations, and it's fucking with the right. earth. So uh, humanity is like. You know, under martial law and all this crap, because the Earth is going through turmoil. Right. Um, and uh, that's when he almost gets arrested. Uh, and then, and then he goes forward into the eight hundreds or eight hundred thousands. I think. Well, he he gets knocked out, and I think he accidentally hits the lever. That's right. He flops around like a fish, yeah. and he hits the lever. <laughs> and it just like and, jumps ahead really quickly. Yeah, he goes forward and to, uh, uh, let's see, eight eight hundred thousand something, man. It's like way far in the future. Yeah, yeah, it's about the same time that the other one did that. The eight oh seven or eight oh two seven oh one AD, July sixteenth. Okay. I'm going to interject this here because I'm just seeing this, watching this uh, this uh, journey back. A gentleman named Wa Chang, he was a Chinese-American. Yeah. Um, he worked on this time machine, so he helped build this for George Powell. Yeah. Wa Chang uh, also worked. I think he, he created the tricorders for Star Trek. Really? He did a lot of work on the Star Trek series, the original wow. series. Wow. Did a lot of that. 
he also did all the stop motion for uh, the Land of the Lost TV show, 1974. Um, I think he, he actually. Used, hmm? I think he actually built the miniature for the time machine. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that 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 makes sense. He did a lot of stuff like that. Um, but that's awesome. Man. That man, that he's passed away now. Oh, but wow. he is incredibly influential for science fiction fans. Um, he used the dinosaurs uh, for Light of the Walls for some educational films, uh, dinosaur films you can actually find on YouTube called The Age of Reptiles. It's only about seven minutes long, but okay. I love it. Uh, it's from the early 70s. I think he did it right before he did Light of the Walls. Because the same T-Rex that was grumpy in Land of the Lost was using that, as well as some other dinosaurs. But the dude, the dude did a lot of stuff. Anybody listening to this, look up Wah Chang, W A H C H A N G. Uh, just, just marvel at the stuff he did. Uh, I, I had to throw that in there, man, because I really like the guy. Sure, uh, but uh, okay, getting back into the uh, the. The sequel, uh, the remake, that uh, he goes forward into the eight hundred thousands, where he, you know, he's knocked out, and uh, but he meets the Eloy, who are completely different. Yeah. In in the in the remake, uh, they're actually they they just like tribes people. You know, they're very intelligent. You know, they live on the side of cliffs for whatever reason. Um, I guess to stay away from the Morlocks. Um, yeah, they, they got into that at one time. I don't exactly remember why. That must be it, though. Um, but, uh, yeah, and in this one, the Morlocks actively go after them and catch them. You know, they they have the fucking darts that are coated with doo-doo for whatever reason. Uh, 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 I mean, it doesn't, I guess so they can smell them. I mean, literally, it looks like shit. Sprayed all over around the dart. Oh, yeah, that's Dookie for sure. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but uh, it's just a change that I couldn't get behind, really, because it takes away from the whole point of the way they were in the, in the novel. I mean, he was driving home that point that, that uh, uh, pe- humanity splitting off so totally. But yeah. in the remake, that split is not. You know, the Eloy are, are, are smarter. They farm for themselves. They build their own shit. So True. why don't they fight back, you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, the Morlocks themselves, man, it's like... They they all look startled to me. You know, they've got those eyes in the face. They just look like, they, like a deer caught in headlights. All of them do. Uh, and then the leaping and all that, they, you know, leaping around like the gorillas yeah. in Congo. Yeah. Or uh, the CGI. Um, I don't know. It, it lost a bit of its punch when they when they did when they went the way they did, but the, in the remake. Um, and then you had like even within the Morlocks, you know, you have Jeremy Irons, which is like the Morlock King or whatever the fuck he is. Which, that pissed me off when I saw it originally. Uh, 
He's like, yeah, we breathe within ourselves. We have some of us that have the mental capacity, and the others are basically the hunters. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Jeremy Irons has that, like, telepathic shit. Yeah. You know, and he even, like, summons uh, Guy, Guy Pierce's uh, neck to his hand at one point. I don't, I don't know. Um, and of course, he ends up having to sacrifice his time machine to save everybody in that one. He's like literally stuck in the future, rather than choosing to really. I guess he does choose to stay, but uh, he doesn't have any freedom to go anywhere. Yeah. Well, he's falling in love with. Uh, let's see, what's her name here? Uh, the uh, whatever the fucking uh, the Eloy lady is. Yeah, I, I can't remember. Got to bring it up here. I had it pulled up a second ago. Uh, that just—I don't know, man. The look of the film is still really good. But uh, it just falters when it comes to that. It's like they they felt the need to put more action in it. Um, <clears throat> I'm sure there was a lot of pressure to do that because this was a big budget movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, big hey, budget. I mean, is, was it a summer blockbuster? I mean, I'm assuming it was with that kind of budget. I think so, but. What puzzles me about it is the fact that they had Simon Wells direct it. Yeah. He is the grandson of H.G. Wells. Right. That's the only reason they got him to do that. And right. he had trouble doing it, man. He had so much trouble with it that Gore Verbinski had to come in and finish the movie <sighs> up. Well, apparently he was suffering from exhaustion, which, I mean, as time will tell, that generally means a, a drug overdose or a drug problem. Um, but I, I, mean, I think it, he was out of his league, honestly. It, it could mean that. I mean, you know, as we know, you know, Gore Verbinski, soon after this, did the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Yeah. Which you're a big fan of. Uh, I actually... I like the first two. I, I like the third one okay. But I, I don't like the fourth one at all. Oh, okay. I didn't realize I uh, made that many. Yeah, yeah, they're working on a fifth one. Uh, um, that sounds awful. <laughs> I don't know how they're going to do it, but whatever. Um, um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I think that was probably just a big thing for the studios, maybe to put on the fucking box or something. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't really know why they picked him either to do it. I mean, I guess he was a relatively established director at the time, but... I don't know much about him, man. It just I mean, doesn't I... seem like they would... It doesn't seem like... I, I don't know, man. If Gore Verbesky was able to come in and do any of it, why not just get him to do it? But I, I don't know. I, You know, studios don't typically go, well, oh, shit, it'd be fucking awesome if we got his grandson to do this shit. Fuck yeah, I want a sword and coke off of each other. That's uh, 
they, they usually well, don't do that. They usually go with somebody who, who they know can bring in this thing. You know. I mean, maybe he was really gung ho about it. I mean, who knows? I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Put a lot of time and you know thought and creativity into this film. So. Yeah, I mean, it looks beautiful. It really does. Even the evil way, like the you know their their village on the side of the cliff, and then those weird yeah. wind tower things that they have. Those look neat. Um, uh, I don't. Well, let let me get into this real quick. Uh, yeah, go ahead. When we when we talked about doing this, I was fully expecting to totally shit on this remake. Yeah. But because I watched this, you know, I didn't watch it in the theater. I watched it on, you know, uh, cable or whatever, you know, early 2000s. And, you know, didn't really get a whole lot out of it. Didn't enjoy it very much. Um, watching it now, I mean, the the differences between the original movie do, you know, taint it for me quite a bit. Especially the the... It's like the studio said, we need a reason for him to want to go into the yeah. future. You know, it's like they said, no, just general curiosity is not enough. You know, and that we need him to... Uh, I don't really understand the purpose of the love interest, because it it, it, it was gone so quickly. You know, it, I mean, it was, it was nixed. I mean, what, 20 minutes in? I mean, he had already decided after one attempt to go back and save her, that he wouldn't be able to save her, which that right there is bizarre to me. I mean, why didn't he at least try two or three times, you know, to try to save uh, her? Yeah. Yeah, you would think with the tenacity he had to build a fucking time machine to go back and save her, that he would repeatedly keep trying. And where, well, at that point, dude, it probably would have become like uh, a comedy you know, where she's just getting killed and mauled by all sorts of shit. It becomes like a Final Destination movie where she's killed by, like, you know, fish hooks or some shit. Like, somebody they're walking along a pond that they've never been there. Somebody's huh? fishing and the hook, like, rips her face right off. I yeah. don't know. And she's just screaming and screaming. I'm, you're right, dude. I mean, you know, the Jeremy Irons Morlock dude kind of points out that the reason he couldn't change that was because then he would never have built the time machine. Right. Uh, which, yeah, that does make sense. But the whole need for that love interest, like you said, just lumps it in with so much other shit. I mean, why not just have him, if you're going to do that, have him fall up with this woman, ask her to marry him. She gets killed, and suddenly he is just... He, he he builds a time machine to go and just kill the shit out of everybody he can in the future. Like uh, Charles Bronson gone mad, you know. Well, I mean, I, th I think what would, I mean, seriously, what would work even better is if she had said, no, I don't want to marry you. And then he goes on a quest to, you know, do this, you know, science he's working on. Or... Something like that. I don't. I don't know. It just that that doesn't make sense to me. I think that was probably something that the studio demanded. Probably. That, oh, we we need something for the ladies out there. You know, we need a romantic story. You know, someone to choke up. You know, some heart. You know, pull on some heartstrings and you know make some people cry. And uh, I mean, first of all, like 
I mean, she got shot, right, the first time when uh, – yeah. I don't remember if he tried to take the ring or what, but I mean, first of all, in this period of time in England, like how how common was it for people to have firearms? You know, much less a pistol. I don't know. I would, I, I would imagine not not very, but I you know I'm not too familiar with that. But anyway, I mean, I I don't know. That's beside the point. But uh, I don't know. I just don't don't. I, I don't see that even being necessary at all. I don't either. And uh, I, don't, I, mean, I don't like, like that catalyst. They went back the first time, and she what got hit by a horse and buggy or some shit. Yeah. And then he's just in the hospital saying, "Oh, I can't save her. I can't save her." I, I, I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> hey, you you right, though, dude. You're you're hitting it right on the head with that. He gives up too fast. I mean, the the running time is too long anyway, in my opinion. So, I mean, if they had cut all that out, it may have been better. But Yeah, make uh, it a tighter film like the old one was. But, you know? I, I don't know. Uh, but he, uh, and then he goes forward to the, uh, like you said, when the, you know, when they're, 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 they're talking about colonizing the moon. Yeah. And then he goes forward a little bit further and then, you know, gets knocked out and then he actually goes goes to the uh you know, where the Eloy are. How did you feel about the way the Eloy looked? Because they had a really unique, uh almost like a you know, racially ambiguous look to them. To where... That's exactly what they were doing, dude. It, it made it look like they were mixed. Like all the races had mixed and that was the future. See, I think, I mean, maybe not that far in the future. I don't think we'll be around anymore, but uh, I think that was a good choice because, I mean, that's what we're going to look like eventually, you know? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, despite what, you know, racial purists want to believe that's <laughs> in this world where everybody is, you know, I, dude, I can go to Asia tonight and go knock up somebody, and they'd have a racially mixed child. Yeah. It's not, I, that's that's the thing. I'm not saying I'm do, I would do that. That's not a desire I have. But, you know, it's that easy. I, it's just the world's getting smaller. So, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I mean, there, I mean there's predictions that, you know, true, true blondes, you know, natural blondes, which is like a very small percentage of the population, like the majority of women with blonde hair are, you know, bleach blonde. Uh, I mean, like, 97% are bleach blonde. Um, like, that's going to cease to exist in, like, 30 years or some shit. You know, they've got a, you know, they've got a clock on that to where, you know, that's mm. just going to be bred out because it's a, you know, recessive gene. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought that, I, I thought that was a good choice. And, you know, Mara was the name we were trying to think of. Okay. Mara played by, uh, God damn it, I lost the name again. Anyway, <laughs> play, played by an Irish actress uh, who actually is a, a biracial. Uh, her name is Samantha Moomba. I believe her uh, mother was Irish and her father was uh, from Africa, like uh, Zambia or somewhere. So that's why okay. she looks the way she does. So, you know, very, you know, very unique look to these people. But 
onto the uh, Morlocks. I don't know, man. I I watched the making of on this film, and there was really a lot that went into the, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the costumes of these guys. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I don't know. I don't I don't dislike the look. I mean, you know, it's got to be. It's got to be something, you know, you got to take the original Morlocks and put them on steroids, you know, is is basically got to be the formula. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. But this was uh Oh man, what's the guy that directed Pumpkinhead? I can't think of his name. Stan Winston. This was Stan Winston Studios that did these uh, special effects. Okay. So, I mean, Same a lot of Oh, really? Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's not saying a whole lot so. then. <laughs> I mean, a lot cool. of time, you know, money went into those special effects. Like, they did full body cast on all those people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, had those parts put on them. And, you know, they were doing those jumps. Like, I mean, there, you know, there was a lot of special effects in the movie, a lot of CGI. Um, but a lot of that stuff was practical. Like, a lot of those oh, yeah. jumps. yeah, yeah. You know, they were hitting those jump pads, you know, wearing that full costume gear. And uh, I don't know. I mean, I gained a little bit of respect, you know, for what they were trying to do. I mean, it may not have worked out in the best, Mm -hmm. but um, I don't know. I I guess I could see what they were trying to do, you know, just try and make make it different, you know, and stand out from the original. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I... I don't hate the movie by any means. It's just, it's, I question some of the decisions they made. Sure. Uh, And I just think if they had gotten rid of some of that extraneous shit. Yeah. uh, It would have been, it would have been better. Uh, This is not a topic that needs a lot of shit added to it. You know, it needs to just be basic. Okay, dude makes time machine, he goes forward in time. Right. Yeah, but you can't do that anymore, man. I mean, I mean, I totally agree with you, but, I mean, you know, people don't want to see that anymore. You know, like you said, in the original film, there was a lot of talking. Yeah. You know, this this uh, generation of people, like basically our generation, because this was probably, we were probably in the demographic when this came out, you know. Yeah. Of, of the, you know, theater-going audience. Um, people have no attention span anymore, you know? So you, you, you can't have long lines of dialogue without, you know, fucking Michael Bay action in between. Oh, I know. I know. Um, but, uh, let me, let me interject one more thing about this time machine here. Sure. It's also used in an episode of, um, of, uh, oh shit, uh, In Search Of, uh, the one about traveling through time. Right, right, yeah. Uh, that's what I, I remember, remember in here. That's awesome. And that show you were talking about where they tried to lift it by, uh, one of the beams was, uh, I think Cosmos with Carl Sagan. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah, you know what those Morlocks really reminded me of? And even though they came beforehand, especially when they were underground, you know, they were working on the iron and shit, they had that melt, molten iron and crap everywhere. 
were yeah. the orcs from the Lord of the Rings movies. They reminded me a lot of those. That that could be a lot of it right there. Uh, maybe so. I mean, it looked very similar. Uh, but yeah, Doug Jones was uh, one of the performers. For the oh, Orcs. wow. That doesn't surprise me at all. No. No, not at all. Not at all. Because, I mean, you see one of them, it's just like hanging around like a damn monkey everywhere. And you know Doug Jones could do damn near anything. Oh, man. I got tons of respect for that guy. Yeah, yeah, I did too. But uh, one cameo, though, that I haven't mentioned yet is, uh, you remember, uh, this? <laughs> I think it's the second time when he went back to save yeah. his uh, fiance, and yeah. she's, like, asking about the flowers, so he goes into that florist shop. Right. And then that's when she's, uh, excuse me, that's when she's hit by the horse. The old gentleman in that florist shop is Alan Young. Yeah. That's Phil. Yeah. Yeah. On the original. Which is nice. Uh, that's cool that they put him in there. You said he's uh, still alive, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's, in, he's like 95. That's good. I didn't realize how much older he was than uh, Rod Taylor. He's like 10, 15 years older. Oh, shit, there's a grim one in this journey back thing. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. Yeah, that journey back's great, man. I, I love the hell out of it. I'd like to own a copy of that, actually. Yeah, um, it's... Uh... Well, I mean, if you like that... the movie enough... Yeah, it's on the movie. Just just pick it's... up the movie since you like it enough. They well, just released it. Yeah. That's right, they did put it on Blu-ray. Shit. I wonder how it looks on Blu-ray, then. I'm sure it looks good. I, w- I would hope. It looks good on DVD. And it's it a does. colorful film. You know, it's got that... It's I don't know what, what uh, process they use, but it looks really good anyway. It's got that good, like, garish color to it. It does. Um, <clears throat> here's well, Michael J. Fox getting in this thing. Here, go ahead. I like that, here. man. I like that a lot. Michael J. Fox, man, I love that. I, that that guy is just such a stand-up guy. I have so much, you know, so much admiration for him. Well, you know what's cool is uh, uh, Warner Brothers years ago started releasing in sets their uh, gangster movies from the 30s, uh-huh. 40s, even into the 50s, uh, and they have a documentary called Public, I think Public Enemies, all about Warner Brothers gangster movies. Excellent uh-huh. documentary. Michael cool. J. Fox is the one who hosts it. That's awesome. Yeah, because he was a big Cagney fan. He actually met Cagney in uh, one of Cagney's last movies in the early 80s, I think. Well, one thing I wanted to mention about uh, the Uber Morlock, I'm a huge um, Jeremy Irons fan. Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I of course, love that part. But, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, you forgot to mention that his brain goes about halfway down his spinal cord. Is that what that was? Yeah. It's, I just thought he had, like, some sort of deformity on his back. That's, that, that's how he's, like, like, got, that's how he has telepathy and stuff. His brain's so big. So it's pretty much expanded down his damn. Yeah. I like the whole, th- okay. But, um, 
I don't know, man. I like, uh, you know, Jeremy Irons, so I, you know, enjoyed that part. I didn't really have a problem with it. Um, definitely different than the original, again, but um, I don't know. Like I said, when I watched this, I was totally ready to fucking rip it to shreds, but I did, you know, somewhat enjoy it. I couldn't hate it as much as I did originally either. Uh, you know, I just, I don't know. I was, you know, I was expecting the same, and that's not what I got. I guess that's why. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's it's easier to watch it with a you know different frame of mind. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, it's not bad. I can recommend it easily. Uh, and, and you know what else is cool is, um, and one thing I really liked that they added in it was that uh, the library thing. It was Orlando Jones, right? In there right. for Matthew. Him, yeah. yeah, that was really cool. I really did like that. I thought that was a really great addition to it. Um. You know, I saw in the uh, I saw in the special features that uh, they were actually intending on him to be like some sort of an android. Oh yeah, but this was right around the time when uh, Spielberg was doing AI. Oh yeah, and they were afraid it was going to come off too much like AI. They didn't want to compete with his, you know, idea. So that's why they went for the uh, like hologram. I like that though. Yeah, yeah, I did too. I'm glad it went with that. Um, it was just plus, uh, really, you know. Hmm? Plus, it helped him when he was in the future. You know, learn. You know what was going on. Well, yeah. Instead of having the rings again, like they did in the uh, original, right? He, he can actually interact with this. That was like the, I guess, the collected knowledge of, of humanity there, especially since right. books again were disintegrated. Uh, I, you know, I personally liked it at the end when he's, because uh, they start using him to teach the Eloy children. Right. Uh, they, uh, he's, he's reading them uh, the adventures of, uh, what is it, Huckleberry Finn? Yeah. Uh, which is just really kind of neat. I, I just, because uh, I'm a huge Mark Twain fan. Oh, yeah. Uh, it was kind of, uh, it was neat to me, a movie based on a book by, by my favorite English writer. Uh, they had the quote there from my favorite American writer. Right. But, uh, oh, that's good. Yeah, it was neat. I, I can certainly recommend it over a lot of trash that's been made, you know, in the last 15, 20 years. I mean, I felt like it really tried, you know? It did. It, its heart was in the right place. Yeah, and that's—I mean, I, I guess the—the the, you know—the best we can expect. What? Uh, what? What would your guess will be the gross on this one? Oh, we'll God. do a, I, I, a, a domestic gross. The the budget was eighty million. Domestic gross. I want to say maybe on in fifty. Right around there. Domest, domestic was fifty six. Jesus, it was a flop then. Well, the worldwide was 123, so I guess it made the money back. But I mean, in some regards, it was a flop. Yeah, because I imagine advertising would have eaten up the rest of that money back. Yeah, exactly. 
Damn. Usually advertising is what? A good a good, you know, seventy percent of the gross. Oh yeah, easily. That's uh I realized it did that poorly. I knew it didn't do great. But I don't know, man. I mean there were there were things I enjoyed about it and there were a lot of things that you know didn't didn't care for but you know overall i'd say it's a you know easily you know a watchable film to very you know least yeah yeah uh like i said i i i urge people to check out the 1960 version yeah uh, absolutely it is like like it's one of the iconic sci-fi films out there um and of course, Rod Taylor is just fantastic as as George as the traveler, for sure. Um, and, and the thing I love about him is he could easily have gone over into too much of the action aspect because he looks like an action star, but he, does. he doesn't act like it. You know, he doesn't act like it until he has to with the Morlocks. Um, but other than that, he's very cultured. You know, he acts like somebody who's very curious. Um, so I think he did fantastic with it. I really do. And Guy Pierce looks more like, you know, like the academic type, I guess. Uh, he's got that wiry skeletal look to him. Yeah. Um, and... Guy Pierce did most of his own stunts too, which uh, that's pretty cool. That is cool. Uh, that, that wasn't long after he had done Ravenous. Oh yeah, I, yeah, I forgot he was in that. Yeah, Ravenous was ninety nine. But uh, yeah, I picked up a movie of his, a more recent one, Lockout. I'm gonna check out. I've heard a lot about that one. Yeah, I've heard, heard it's it pretty good. good. Uh, see, that's what I've heard too. So I'll check it out. But yeah, uh, but yeah, regarding the uh, the remake, I tell people to check it out. Yeah, uh, it's 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 pretty good. Yeah, you got to watch the original. That's that, that's classic. Classic cinema. Oh, definitely, right definitely, oh. and it's it's classic cinema that deserves. That you know, it's something you can watch, not just for sure. people like, "Well, this is this is where it all started." It's like, "Well, yeah, yeah," but it's it's actually really damn good too. It's not like Gone with the Wind, you know. It's you know actually entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it's also not long as shit. Yeah. And if you're gonna but, watch uh, a movie from 1939, besides Wizard of Oz. Check out of Mice and Men. That's a damn good movie. Thirty nine. I don't know if I've seen. Yeah. I've seen like four or five different versions of that film. I'm not sure which one. I, I may have it's seen that one. one. With, uh, it's it's Lon Chaney Jr. and uh, Burgess okay. Meredith. Okay. Okay. I damn, think I have it's seen that one. Really freaking good. All right, guys. Well, we appreciate you listening, and as always, you can check us out on uh, Twitter, uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, all that good stuff. We'd appreciate you giving us a rating on there, and uh, 
always free to give us any recommendations or films you'd like us to talk about, anything like that. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening.